0: Hi there. If you like this show or any of the other shows we do, consider going to patreon.com duckfeedtv. We are a listener-supported network, and whatever you can give each month makes a huge difference for us. Let's us do more stuff like this. Once again, patreon.com duckfeedtv.
1: Daddy, we'll be together
0: forever. That's right, sweetie. And even though I'm physically incapable of speaking in more than tortured whale screams, for the purposes of this audio medium, I can finally give voice to how much I love and care for you. It's you and me versus the world, champ. We're designed that way. Aww. Ah, Daddy, help me. Oh, oh, damn. Oh, ah, shit. I got rivets in my neck. Oh, honey, honey, come here. Come to your rivet neck, Papa. I need you to carry on my legacy. Shooting building materials at attics and
2: wandering aimlessly in a
1: walking coffin. uh
2: nah, uh uh-uh. I don't think she'll be going with you, buddy. There's a new padre in town.
1: Ooh-wee, new Papa, new Papa.
2: Hey, Dick, what gives you the right to take my... And, oh, wow, that was that was quick. They know which Dada is going to let them drink all the hop-up soda they want.
1: Hee.
0: Honey, that's not soda. That's that's slug juice from a dead body. It's it's lousy with mung. You're drinking the white stuff from that guy's eye, baby. It's, it's a shit too! That's right, sweetheart.
2: It's whatever you want it to be. But but I might not even die. I'm I'm feeling better already. The rivet didn't go in that deep. What if I come after you? Well, I, I suppose you can be weekend daddy. You know, provide some contrast, and perspective. Listen, Squirt, I know you're young, but I'm going to teach you an important truth about life. There are two kinds of daddies, okay? There are real daddies, and these daddies have season passes to Ryan Amusements. Whereas some other daddies, they think fold-out couch beds are just as comfortable as the real ones, and they think Captain Value cereal is just as good as Captain Crunch. Cuckoo. Some other daddies, you know, me, they buy their little girls Rapture's newest game system, a brand new PS Vita Chamber. Others, when do they rent you one of those old water-based consoles like the Spray Station Potable? So, make your choice, and come on, sweetums, we, we, we gotta make trail. Shonda's double parked in the bathosphere.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> want me to?
2: Yeah, yeah, you're gonna like her, too. I, you know she, She's really a pro at playing Houdini Slicer in the sack. Wink. Wait, come back here, that's wildly inappropriate.
0: We're going to the Ryan's Pay to Play, price, play old daddy. daddy. It's, it's a discovery a zone. That's a vent. He's shoving you into a vent. I love, I love you, New you, daddy.
1: We'll be together forever. Goodbye, Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The terrible, horrible boogeyman I come in the middle of the night And frighten bad little girls like you Beware This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Bioshock 2, which is a first-person shooter developed by 2K Marin and published by 2K Games for the PC,
2: PS3, and Xbox 360 in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, um, so this game takes place eight years after the first one, and you play as one of the first prototype Big Daddies from the Alpha series. Yes. Um, so we've
0: done Bioshock. Uh, that was five years ago, Gary. I recorded it in that's, your apartment. That's weird. That's a long time. <laughs> yep, it was it was September yeah. of 2013.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know. So if you don't, this game does kind of require some knowledge from the first game uh, to to. To, to enjoy and 100% to fully enjoy. Yes. So uh, if you haven't played the first one, um, and if you're never going to play them, at least listen to that first Bioshock episode, mm-hmm. um, which I remember being pretty good, Yeah, I like uh, it. actually. Um, so, you know, because this, this is a direct sequel. Yes. And that's going to explain such things as what a Big Daddy is. Yeah. You know, there's Big Daddy's house, movie. <laughs> there's yeah. Big Daddy the meme. Uh, thing on Twitter, but this is a, a entirely new. Gary, you conflated the Adam Sandler movie with
0: the um I think not Tyler Perry. <laughs> I, think I
2: did, yeah, it is yeah. Tyler
0: Perry. Yeah. Big Mama's Big Mama's house, yeah, Big Mama's house. Yeah.
2: well When's there going to be a Big Daddy's Day month? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, so there's not Big Daddy's house. You're right. Yeah. Well, she, but there is there is Big Daddy. Yes. Just the the Adam Sandler movie where he becomes some kind of large father. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the result of an accident. Honey, I blew up the dad. <laughs> It's opera Dad, he's enormous. <laughs> <Yeah. Opera> devastation. <laughs> no, <laughs> Becca Sandler. No. <laughs>
0: yeah, <I can't. laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the, you know, so you, you're going to want to uh, have a passing familiarity with the original Bioshock because Bioshock Two takes a lot of that as read. It doesn't go out of its way to introduce its concepts, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, we can give you kind of the uh, the the one you know, the the one sentence summation.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, which is a megaloman megalomaniacal uh libertarian named Andrew Ryan established this kind of galt gulch, uh this kind of uh, John Galt under the sea, uh <laughs> called rapture. And there are no real restrictions. Uh, you know, people, because of these, this lack of restrictions largely, people quickly turn to using a substance called Adam, named after Adam Sandler uh, of Mecca Cajun Man. Cajun Man. <laughs> um, and they use this Adam Sandler to uh, genetically modify themselves and give themselves eight crazy <laughs> powers and abilities. Yep. I don't know why I have all these Adam Sandler <laughs> draws right now, but it kind of works in a weird, <laughs> weird way. Um, give themselves crazy powers and abilities. Um, this is, you know, Bioshock 1 is not a perfect critique of actual libertarianism like you know uh andrew ryan is a huge hypocrite yes and there's more of that that comes out in this game Mm -hmm. yeah like the 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 hypocrisy of these outsized figures who
0: cast themselves as as absolutists is always the downfall of this yes in the in the series right absolutely yeah uh so importantly for this game, uh this Atom is kind of a finite resource. People covet it because you get kind of addicted to the, you know to gene splicing. So uh mm-hmm. uh Adam Sandler, uh got a bunch of uh canteen boys running around, um called Big Daddies, uh <laughs> no, who are what's that?
2: So true water
0: boys. Yep. <laughs> A whole bunch of water boys under the sea. Yep. Uh, no. So the Atom is kind of reclaimed by these gatherers, these uh, these little sisters, kind of modified, horrifying, ghoulish little girls uh, who are protected by hulking beast men in diving suits, again,
2: called Big Daddies. Yes. Yeah. Um, because of this unrest, there was this kind of civil war in Rapture that culminated on New Year's Eve in 1958. And ever since then, Rapture has been this out-of-control murder dome. Uh, presided over by these kind of you know immoral titans of industry and science, these outsized figures. Yes. As we mentioned. Um that happens before even the first game. Yes. You know, so this is this is way, way later. Yeah. I think
0: the uh the the multiplayer in this explores the Civil War. Like it takes place during that.
2: I really wanted uh that to work. Uh-huh in the remaster and I watched some of the cutscenes from it uh-huh. um on uh on YouTube because there's story content mm-hmm. that happens in the multiplayer of this. Like the multiplayer Seemed really interesting and cool, and it's gone. Yep, now, and that's a bummer. Yeah, it is. So it's interesting, interesting in concept. We didn't play it. Won't cover it. Kind of get the broad strokes. Yep, you can't play it now. So like, bye bye. It's, yeah, it's 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 just gone. So yeah, get on it, Frank Like <laughs>
0: Save it. Yep, set, set, set up a set up a fan server. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, all of that is kind of preamble because it's really important to know, uh, what a big daddy is and how it fits into the ecology of Rapture, Rapture, because you play as a big daddy, like we said, uh, and that kind of informs some of the, uh, some of the differences in the way this game plays.
2: And, and you can't really, uh, overstate how big a deal that kind of was. Like the big daddy is the the mascot Yep, for, for Bioshock. And you know, I'm sure I haven't listened to the episode, but I'm sure we heaped tons of praises mm-hmm. on the design and just kind of the presence of these things. Like, they're awesome. Yeah, I think Big Daddies are extremely cool in this, and it is cool to play as one. Yes. Um. So that's one of the big differences, but it's worth looking at what's the same uh, in this, because that's one of the big criticisms of this game um, that we will talk about is that it is – you know, new levels, like there are a lot of important gameplay differences and kind mm-hmm. of evolutions, but it's not a revolution. Yeah, it's an iterative right. step. Yes. Um. So what's the same? Um. You're still in Rapture. It is still dilapidated. It's more dilapidated. Yes. Uh, than it was. And you're still fighting genetically engineered splicers, uh, which are those addicts we talked about, people who are addicted to uh, jamming Adam into their veins. Yep. Except they're um, even more spliced, like they're even more fucked up and tumorous. Yeah. Yeah. This is what happens when they're kind of left. Um, You still kind of get a a series of weapons and kind of a shooter progression. Um, You get upgradable superpowers called plasmid uh, using this atom to buy more. And you also get perks called gene tonics. Yes. Uh, you have a certain number of slots. So all that stuff is the same.
0: Yep. Uh, If you want a more thorough examination of that, go back to the main uh, Bioshock episode. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um something that is new, um, and kind of the first of this kind of like long series or you know, moderately <laughs> long series of kind of improvements is in the first game you could only uh hold a weapon or use a plasmid, uh, you know, one at a time. Here you have dual wielding, which yes. lets you mix and match your combat um in kind of a more fluid way and definitely definitely adds uh to the uh to you know to the to the sense of, you know adapting to the environment and kind of the demands being placed on you.
2: And when we say dual wielding, we specifically mean you can have a plasmid and a weapon Yes, going at once. Not a, you know, you can't mix and match totally like you can in an Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always going to be one from each category, but it does make a big difference.
0: Rivets akimbo.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Um. Your weapon loadout is much more uh, Big Daddy E like. Like you are. Uh, you always have your drill. That's your melee instead of your classic wrench. Mm-hmm. Uh. So you can always swing it. If you find fuel, you can actually power it, and uh, it kind of becomes. Like a takedown move, almost. Like it mm-hmm. will stun enemies until they die. I love uh, that
0: drill charge you get.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's really satisfying. Um, and my when we uh, whenever I play one of these games, like I played Bioshock One uh, almost entirely as a melee build, mm-hmm. and I lean on melee a lot yeah. uh, in this game as well. Um, but a lot of your weapons kind of transfer over. So instead of a pistol, you have a rivet gun mm-hmm. uh, because one of the things Big Daddies do is they repair. Yeah. Uh, like a rapture. The the Big Daddies like they like they were the
0: labor class. Like that's how they got around the whole question of who actually like tends the grounds and galt's gut galt's galt's kind of thing yeah yeah but yeah uh you know also you have rivets that'll set people on fire so
2: yeah you have special rivets and you also (laughs) just get like a machine gun as well yeah so it's not entirely not everything is adapted but a surprisingly large amount of things are Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah um and the relationship with little sisters is represented in play as well um, so like in the first game, you still find them, you kill their big daddies, uh, so you can get their atom, either by rescuing or harvesting them. You still have that kind of in the moment choice, and that still has a big impact on the way uh
2: the ending pans out. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the ending, that's another big difference, which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. uh, eventually. So since you're still uh, kind of absconding with these little sisters, big daddy fights are still a big part of the game. Yes. Um, One of my favorite things about Bioshock 2, which, like, spoilers, I've talked about this a lot on Twitter and even in other episodes of Watch Out for Fireballs. Like, I love this game. I think Mm -hmm. this is the best Bioshock game. Um, One of the things I love that they did was they uh, this is how you do an iterative sequel, where you take what's awesome about the first one Mm -hmm. and build a game around it. Yes. And I feel like that's what they did. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the clear highlight of Bioshock one were these big daddy fights. Um, it's still a huge centerpiece of this game. Mm -hmm. Um, there are new varieties, uh, There are multiple types of big daddies that they have to fight, but the fights are always fun and climactic. Uh, and they have that kind of, um, preparation based, uh, flow to them. Yeah.
0: The, The, the way that, you know, level design has always been a really, uh, you know, big highlight of, I mean, the, the, the series, um, but, uh, the way that they naturally put these, you know, choke points and arenas and stuff into there and, you know, kind of force you to read the way, um, you know, uh, uh an encounter is going to go out is
2: something to behold, I think. I love it. Yeah. yeah. They, they do it through the environment and through your tools, mm-hmm. um, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later, I, I assume, but like the game, your tool set is very, very well suited to this kind of, uh, preparing ambushes, preparing <laughs> arenas. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so they actually iterate on that a little bit
0: more, you know, so that comes over from Bioshock one, something that I ended up liking a lot more than I thought I would, uh, is kind of the second phase of this, because once you get a little sister, if you decide to adopt her, she rides around on your shoulder, uh, and she can actually point you to special corpses that have a lot of atom. Um, and, uh, (laughs) the second phase here is actually the harvesting. This takes time. And splicers are going to try their best to come grab her while she's doing it. So in addition to this big boss fight or mini boss fight, uh, you know, that happens a couple times in each level, you also have like a wave defense uh, mm-hmm. kind of fight where you act as the big daddy. It's, it's, uh, it's role reversal. It, yeah, it's
2: really cool. It's the thing that you were—you know—you were trying to steal these little girls in the first one. Mm-hmm. You were that splicer, essentially. Yeah. During this, and it and it changes everything when you have one of these little sisters. Like you, they'll she'll have kind of incidental dialogue, and it'll change the incidental dialogue of the splicers as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cool thing when you have one of them uh, with you. Uh, I want to give the UI some credit for kind of showing you where you're at in that process as well. Yeah. You know, like always letting you know how many little sisters there are left in this level. Um, whether you have one with you, whether you've, uh, you know, she's, she's spent, mm-hmm. you know, essentially um, really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they uh, kind of tripled down on this, this <laughs> thing. So that is, you know, you fight the big daddy. That's your initial kind of shock and awe. You have this, like, I'm going to have to fight out, fight off waves. And then you have a mini boss fight yeah. uh, every time, um, or you have to deal with a, a big sister. <laughs> um, which is really, really cool. You get a warning uh, that's coming, which is an awesome audio cue. I like love the that music scream. Is, it's, it's just amazing scream. You have a limited <laughs> amount of time and the music just gets incredibly intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough to where you have more time than you think you do, but it's very easy to panic Yep. Uh, during that. And you are essentially, it's so the first time you have all the time in the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, second time you have all the time in the world, but you have, you don't know where threats are going to come from. Right. You know, the third time you don't have all the time in the world and you don't really know where she's going to come from. Right. And you have to kind of look around where you're at. You either can, you can waste time running to an area that's more easily defendable. Mm-hmm. Or do you try to make a stand where you're at? Um, what tools do you have? You know, sometimes this will happen where it's like, I'm out of traps, uh-huh. you know, so I have to do a knockdown drag out. Like, yeah, it's really, really good. The best like, these are, these are fantastic.
0: The best of these fights for me ended up kind of like spanning whole parts of the level. Mm -hmm. because the big sister so like these are little sisters you know kind of from the first game that are all grown up and you know like they're they're regular like you know modified people but just inside these suits they don't have kind of the 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 worst modifications that big that big daddies do they're incredibly fast incredibly aggressive um and for me uh this always you know happens generally toward the end of a level uh when i'm kind of depleted Right. Like I have, yeah. I have kind of met every challenge that the level's thrown at me. Um, and then all of a sudden it throws this kind of bigger
2: encounter on top. It's really cool. Yeah. You know, and and, and you sometimes they are when you say it spans a level, it can be like a rolling challenge. Like <laughs> because they're they're aggressive, they're much more lithe than a than a big daddy, and they have powers. Yeah. So they'll they'll use their plasmids against you and sometimes you have to run uh for a little while. Sometimes you have to like even within the battle, you have to like you know, I had times where it created awesome moments where I was like, I'm losing a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, where was that security hallway where I had the camera and the, <laughs> the turret act, yep. you know, if, can I lead her back there? You know, um, really, really cool. Yep. And it it is, it's taking this thing and you we know, we just described three different iterations of things that are kind of similar. Like you use kind of similar tactics to it. Mm-hmm. It's such a good core for the game that it makes me think that's what, the Bioshock one and Bioshock three are missing. Yes. You know, is this emphasis on what you're good at, because there aren't a lot of games that do this Mm -hmm. as a thing. Like there are encounters that do it, Yes, you know, where you get to uh, kind of barricade your place in a, in in a room, barricade, your, your units in a room, uh, set up traps, deal with that kind of thing. But this is a game based around that. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. It, It is a
0: game based around the same rhythm, the same components that happen in roughly the same order. But like, it adapts to the, you know, to the space, right? It adapts to the space yep. and kind of like what you're, you know, the resources that
2: you have available to you. The the resources and the environment. Like it's a game based on the cabin level in Resident Evil 4, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, in Resident Evil 4, blessed enough to have two of the best levels in gaming, like right next to each other, <laughs> essentially. Yep. Um, this is, it's a game like based around that. And it, it, it's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, cannot emphasize enough how much I enjoyed doing these, and you do a lot of them. Mm -hmm. It never wore out its welcome for me. Like it was always fun to kind of ride that throttle between controlling my resources and my desire for more of this uh, this power up juice. Yeah, Um, and it's you know to a large extent pretty
0: optional as well. If you decide like, yeah, I actually don't want to get that last little sister because I don't have enough resources to deal with it. Gonna kind of like take a stake my time and lick my wounds. You know, it you're it's the Sunday with the fudge on the bottom, right? You get, you, yeah. you, you uh, can kind of go in for as much as you want. Right.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And you, and, and, and also it's a, it's a free choice as well. Like a lot of times games when they make something optional, um, <clears throat> that is a bad, they're not good at it. Like mm-hmm. a game will say like, you know, I, this, I run into this most with, with JRPGs where it's like, Uh, we ran into it with child of light where like, yes, encounters are technically optional, but if you get to the boss and then you're not powerful enough to deal with it, um, then it's not optional, right? Like in this, I, I did all of the fights because I enjoyed them. If I decided to skip some, I was definitely, you know, I was drowning in Adam by the end. Like I was buying upgrades. I didn't really need, you (laughs) know, I was like, you know, it'd be fun to try this, this power where my hand shoots bees. Um, I didn't need my, my hand to shoot bees. Nope. You know, so I, I, I had extra Adam. And I, I saved all the sister, little sisters, so you get you get less uh, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it is—it's true optional. Yeah. Like it is a true optional thing, as opposed to a false choice optional, like the the demon game Child of Light did. Yeah. Like the the, the betrayer, <laughs> the destroyer of worlds, aka Child of Light. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I think
0: all of this adds up to make this like the most mechanically satisfying of the of the Bioshock games, right? Like, I think one and three genuinely have like interesting worlds and introduce you to kind of like different ideas on uh, different visuals and stuff like getting to rapture for the first time is always going to be an asset it's hard the first... to match yeah it's yeah. like it's going to be something that bioshock one will always have is yeah. kind of that moment and you know some of those like i don't think there's anything like as great as the uh, uh okay <laughs> there is not a whole <laughs> level that is as sustained uh, as sustainably great sustainably great as like the cohen uh episode yeah in as sport frolic Bioshock, right as sport frolic right um but here like the, th- you... the
2: thing with gilbert's pretty close it's pretty good the... yeah that's really good ryan amusements is very close but it's not it's not quite there i would agree with that
0: right right but just like in general what you have is something that is incredibly me- mechanically satisfying and i think like just like technically um
2: technically great mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like this is more fun to play I think yeah much more yeah. fun to play yeah you know and that that's uh you know as much as I I, I love Bioshock 1 mm-hmm. but it is um and I love uh we'll talk about Minerva's Den yeah next week which is uh a game that has an amazing narrative that is not quite as fun to play like it is you know it doesn't do as much new stuff right with it with, it, with these things um you know while still being really fun to play like I love Minerva's Den as well mm-hmm. uh but the uh that just going to stand out for me a lot. Like this is my favorite Bioshock game because what I'm doing with my hands is just so good. Yes. You know, that like even, and it doesn't, uh, this game gets a lot of kind of shit for not having that coming to Rapture, going to, uh, Columbus. Yeah. Columbia. Kind of moment, Columbus. and it just Columbus is not the going you know, to Columbus it's, is actually not pretty underwhelming. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's 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 uh, a mostly flat city that's a lot of sprawl, and it has a university
2: that's not that great. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Columbus. to Columbus, the city on the ground. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the but it's it, it, the corn. It, the. the uh, So it doesn't have that and it never, you know, it never will. Mm -hmm. It's also, uh, this reminds me so much of, and this is getting a little bit into like end of generalities, but reminds me so much of Dishonored Mm 2 where like we talked about in that game a lot, how like, yes, that game kind of repeats the plot of the first one. And you know, it is a villain from the DLC, et cetera, et cetera. But it like just gains by having these minor improvements Mm -hmm. and improvements in level design. No, you know, like there's, even though there's nothing quite as uh cool as fort frolic like thematically uh-huh. there are 100% levels that are wireframe better design levels than fort frolic which like is really just kind of a series of spokes that end in, in going to dead ends yeah and that you know like there are uh i can't remember the name of it but the uh the, the first kind of residential area you go to with the pawn shop where you get the camera Oh yeah. That level is so dense <laughs> and so full of detail and so many just like weird little paths and hidey holes and stuff like that that it is a stronger wireframe level than anything in Bioshock 1 or 3. Yes. So you know, easily. Yeah. Like, like in a walk. It's it's tempting to say like that the trade-off is absolute, right? Like
0: this is the one that has the satisfying story, this is the one that has the satisfying play. Um I don't think that the trade-off is that profound here. Like the you know, the 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 te- the temptation would be to say BioShock Two can never rise to the heights that BioShock One had. Again, because of the novelty. Again, because of kind of how outsized things are. Uh, BioShock Infinite definitely, I think, swings for the fences and mostly, mostly fails at that. When we talk about the way, you know BioShock Two excelling at play, the story isn't terrible. The story is actually yeah, yeah, really yeah. good. Like I'm, I'm way into the theming and way into you know the ideas that it explores.
2: Yeah, me too. And and also BioShock One is fun to play. Yes. BioShock Three isn't, but what are you gonna do? (laughs) Like the the, um, but it's uh at the very least, like this is you know if you have a game that is like a a level play and B level story, versus you know a game with like you know the first one which I would say is like A level story and you know maybe C level play, Mm -hmm. you know it still ends up being like a a, it still balances out. Like it's not you're right, it's not all or, or all or nothing. No, you know except for like I feel like you know in the series and this is. Uh, at some point I know we did that level on it, but someday we'll have to do infinite because yeah. I want an excuse to go through it. And that <laughs> is a game where like the it does have the that, you know, welcome to Columbus, Ohio, uh the city on the ground moment. But it, it doesn't uh the play I just think is really bad in that game. Yeah, yeah. And especially after coming from this where it's so, so good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know. I I feel like so I, I this is my first time having played Bioshock 2. And at this point we're just talking
2: about the series. Um, yeah. well we I mean, knew you have to, right? Because yeah. this is the uh the one that is Bioshock has two sequels, mm-hmm. and there are two different ways of doing sequels. Yeah, right. Like it, like this is actually a great series to talk about what sequels can mean in video games because sure. you get two different, like very, very separate examples. Yeah. So I never played Bioshock too. So when I went to Bioshock th- Infinite,
0: the temptation to mm-hmm. say three is so so huge. Um, I didn't have this height of play to fall down from. So like, yeah. Uh, I I kind of understand your perspective on on Infinite
2: a little bit more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> having having seen what this is. So and it's and I would I would argue and again like we don't need we're not going into full ben Infinite mode, but like <laughs> I would argue that ben Infinite plays worse than Bioshock One as well, yeah. like significantly so. Mm-hmm. The the choices made in in ben Infinite like they get rid of it's just a reductive game, like they just get rid of a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas this, instead of getting rid of the things, actually like polishes them. Yeah. You know, so like this is this is jumping ahead of point, but like one of the things that's interesting is like hacking, right? So yeah. like in Bioshock One, hacking is you play a, a pipe dream mini game, mm-hmm. which I liked. I think you and I are maybe the only people on the internet who like it though, because it gets complained <laughs> about a lot.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Bioshock Two places this with, uh, replaces this with replaces with a real time uh, timing system, mm-hmm. so it happens during combat. Yeah. Like in Bioshock 1, there'd be absurd things where I would jump up to a camera, freeze time while no. I was playing pipe game, like <laughs> pipe, pipe dream. Um, here, you know, it's actually can create really, really tense moments. Like they took the idea of hacking, mm-hmm. they didn't remove it, they polished it. Right. Yeah. So as opposed to 3, which is decided, hey, no
0: hacking. Hey, no <laughs> hacking. Well, you, yeah. you have a plasmid that you can just like zap something with. Or, yes.
2: Or, or whatever, whatever they were, tonics. Yeah. yeah. Tonics. Yeah. It was, it was another kind of uh, booze that everyone drank. Right. right. They gave you powers. Um, And hacking this is good.
0: Like I, I also made, you were right. I like the hacking in Bioshock One, but I also really liked
2: playing Pipe Dream a lot. That yeah, me too. Like three, I, so. I like the hacking in, in Bioshock One, but again, like most people don't like it, and they're not. I don't think they're wrong. Yeah, this hacking feels like this is maybe my favorite hacking like in games mm-hmm. as a thing. Like I love the hacking mini game in the new Fallout's just because it's a fun game. Yep but this integrating it into the combat into the world is a really cool thing to do yeah, imp- implementing it into the pace of play as opposed to being a complete like modal disruption right yes yeah. Yeah. same thing with the research camera which does the same thing yeah <laughs> so now we're all out of order <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I'm just jumping ahead but just it's it's on the same kind of uh same kind of trajectory yes whereas in the first one you know you took pictures Mm-hmm. Uh, and then slowly, as you took more pictures, you became more effective yeah. here, you have to film an enemy. So it automatically happens during combat and you record yourself uh, killing it. And the more bigger variety of, uh, they, when they explain it, they're like, it's like a joke, you know, mm-hmm. you can't tell it the same way twice or it gets less funny. Right. Um, encourages you to vary up your play to get bonuses. Yeah. So again it's just integrated. They took this basic concept from the first one and just made it better. Yeah. And based on the stuff that I read about the development of the game, that was very mindfully done, right? They, mm-hmm. they
0: you know, they they were very critical of where BioShock 1 succeeded and failed and wanted to like run triage on that, right? Yeah. So
2: um and it shows. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, I jumped us ahead and ruined our notes. So it, <laughs> no, it's, hard, it's hard. It's hard to jump back in.
0: Yeah. Uh, another thing about the development, if you read about it, you know, uh, the the big sister's incredibly successful, like as kind of the third piece of this kind of like multi part iteration. You know, on mm-hmm. an idea from the first game. Um, it was interesting to hear, you know, to 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 read that the original concept was to have like big sister almost be like the nemesis, right? Like this was yeah. a little sister who left Rapture got homesick and came back and started running rampant throughout it. They decided to have multiple big sisters and make it so you could actually kill her uh, because they didn't want to lose the sense of, you know, triumph of, you know, actually taking her down. Right. Yeah. If she ran away every time, like I personally think think that'd it be pretty cool. Like the nemesis idea is like something I'm, I'm, I'm here for, like
2: I show yeah. up for it. Um, But um, you know, I can, I can see the other side of that. Right. Yeah, and they wouldn't even have to have her run away. She could fall down like Nemesis, and then when you come back, she's gotten back up. Yeah, yeah. Like, it could have been the same one. I I appreciate at least the simplicity of the narrative mm-hmm. that they got by kind of getting rid of that, like, as a thing, so they didn't have to introduce a bunch of backstory for it. But I also probably would have preferred yeah. that. Well, they they they, they
0: shunted cool. the idea of, like, the big sister into, uh, uh, like, a prominent character in the game, right? Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um so you know we talked about the research thing. Um the other kind of really big change that's not gameplay focused that's narrative focus but uh with this is uh the antagonist. Right. So um you know they're they're different on the 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 very elemental level where Andrew Ryan is the ultimate individualist Bioshock 2 uh gives us Sophia Lamb who is the ultimate collectivist. Yes. Um, she is a psychologist who uh was brought in to ease the minds of uh, the people who couldn't adapt to living underwater, which I, I love that, that detail. Like everyone's depressed because there's no natural sunlight. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, and we, and we learn about all of this stuff too. Like, again, this game has that reputation for having a bad story because it doesn't have those, those kind of boom moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, this deepens that story of the first one. Yes. Like there's a lot more detail about what that world would look like mm-hmm. and what you actually have to do. That kind of um, dungeon ecology yes. is huge in this game. Yeah. Um, and by having a foil to
0: Ryan, that isn't just another, like, hyper-capitalist. So Bioshock 1 had Ryan and Fontaine, um, or Atlas, mm-hmm. nay, Fontaine, um, you know, who were both, like, hyper-capitalist to the extreme. Um, you know, Fontaine only existed because of the hip- hypocrisy of, uh, of Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. This heightens that even further, right? Yeah. You know, yep. uh, like, I, I like Lamb as, a, as, a, as an antagonist. I think that she's a little bit less interesting because she is, like, just straight up a sociopath. Yes. Um, whereas Ryan is incredibly misguided and a very ineffective leader.
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Ryan's not very good, but he did no. build Rapture. You know. Right. So he's he's a little bit more respectable. Whereas Sophia Lam, the the actual kind of plot, what Sophia Lam is trying to do is more sci-fi and goofy. Yeah. Not more sci-fi than what. Uh, Fontaine does by turning himself into the end boss from the Angley uh <laughs> Hulk movie for some reason at the end but like does uh, is more you know a little bit more grounded yes um, the uh, the Noah Caldwell Gervais who is a uh, YouTube commentator I like a lot mm-hmm. did, does a, a video where he talks about all the Bioshock games mm-hmm um and uh that man, that dude loves fucking Bioshock Infinite. Like there's there's some sentences in that that video that I'm really that I wonder if he would stand by where he's like, you know, this is as important a video game as Call of Duty 4. Like this will redefine the landscape of games. And oh no. Yeah, that didn't happen. Right. But he loves uh he loves Bioshock 2 as well. And the the thing he talks about, the point that I, I want to steal from him that he talks about these two antagonists is that like Sophia Lamb is a less strong antagonist this game needs a like if this game allows for a less strong antagonist. Yeah. Because it There's has a stronger kind of core emotional core. Yes. Has a stronger emotional core. There's more going on. It is okay to have this not be about you just versus, uh, you know, Ryan, this huge personality. And almost everyone says that Bioshock one falls apart when Andrew Ryan dies. Yep. Right. Like it kind of shows what type of game that is where like, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I still think that game is fun throughout, but the ending is a travesty mm-hmm. and boss. Like it's, it's a dumb thing that happens. Um, here, you know, at least the game doesn't feel like it's, it's it's being supported by one strong pole, right? You know, it it doesn't feel it feels like it has a much wider and stronger base. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, and I love the idea that like the you know this the, this sociopathic collectivist would create you know Manson family under the sea, right? Yes, like that is that <laughs> it, it broadens the evil. Um, I think in a way that makes makes it work and creates enough space for the, you know, the daddy daughter dynamic.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yep. And also it me when uh, when Bioshock first came out and Robert, not Robert, actually, uh, Scott Sharkey mm-hmm. uh, was I remember like I don't know some old retro mounts where he's like, what's next? Collectivist on the moon and
1: you're
2: like, I mean, the racists got closer to the moon, but the
0: collectivists, uh, they definitely yes. hermit crabbed into rapture, which definitely
2: racist,
0: <laughs> <Moon races. laughs> um, oh gosh, Luna shock. Um, Ooh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so I just want to camp out on this because while we're talking about the concepts, rapture shouldn't still exist. Rapture, uh, should be completely flooded, flooded, also flooded. Uh, nobody pronounces their R's right. Um, you know, like, one of the most affecting lines in uh, an audio log in Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2 still has audio logs, and they're still great. But, like, talking about, like, if there's a single leak, then all of Rapture is going down. Like, that is such a resonant resonant idea about how precarious their physical situation is, but also how precarious their ideological situation is. Running yeah. around a ruined Rapture that is completely full of, like, coral and barnacles and all that, like, is very haunting. It defies all belief. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it's a it's a little bit so I think that the 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 hand wave mm-hmm. there is that some of the systems meant to repair it are still going yeah, like you yeah. still see like a you know a, a big daddy like repairing yeah the yeah. the wall so it's slowing it down yeah um i agree yep you know with, with also, that but i also, also think it's not that like, important <laughs> so. yeah it's not important, and then also it's not everywhere yep that is accessible like um you know you run into those bulkheads where areas have definitely flooded yeah yeah uh there. So it ends up being you undercut a little bit of that, uh, that one specific audio log Mm -hmm. uh, metaphor. But the idea of it just being like slowly being reclaimed, I think is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I love the alien underwater flora, like thumbs up all the way. Yeah. You get something from it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, So the the themes of the game also like another thing that Bioshock one kind of shot for the fences and Bioshock three shoots for the fences. This doesn't (laughs) um, is this isn't about being a video game. It's not meta. Right. You know, so Would You Kindly is about how video game you know, players and video games have no choice. This doesn't really do that. Um, instead, it is more just about a story. Yeah. You know, it is a, it is a story that's not about the player. It is a story about children and parents and kind of legacy, what we choose to pass on, how mm-hmm. we do that, if that's something you have control over, whether you lead by example, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and the game actually handles those really well. Is it less ambitious? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does that matter? Not really. No. You know, like I, I still have room in my heart for stories that are just... Stories that are not trying to, you know, reach past the fourth wall like that. Right. Uh, For sure. And, you know, if you judge this on the Ebert curve of
0: does this accomplish what it sets out to? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. This is actually, a, you know, the the overall kind of morality of this game and the way that it handles your choices um, stands in really good, not contrast, but, you know, support to The Witcher 3. Right? Yeah. Where you are trying very hard to make Siri your own person in that. Um, here, you know, your choices matter, but not because of some like invisible arbiter, your choices matter because somebody
2: is very much watching you again, very dishonored. Yes. You know, uh, going up to Emily's room in dishonored one and seeing the drawings she's made of you, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it is a game that has a lot of dishonored DNA in it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this game, again, it has that negative reputation. It was actually reviewed really well on its own merits. Yes. Um, this guy, I was kind of surprised to see that, like this game got lots of, you know, high eighties, low Mm -hmm. nineties, a lot of people liked it, but there is that backlash, um, because of Bioshock one being such a, such a (laughs) sea change, Mm um, (laughs) you know, and, and people just thought this was too similar. Yeah. So, and it, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but that world and this game set is something that I do want to spend more time with. Like, if we can have 10 Call of Duties that play almost identically, <laughs> come on.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm fine with this. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of weird because, you know, the last time that I played Bioshock 1 you know, was about, about five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's less time than past. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or that's more time than passed between Bioshock 1 and Bioshock 2. Um, and, you know, like, I, I can see people looking, looking at this and saying, like, oh, you put the B team on it and reused a lot of assets or whatever. Again, it's just, you know, do you think it, do you think iteration is admirable?
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. I, do you I, think that I, there's I ways do. to have, yeah, you, you can have gains that are not just like invite inventing a thing from the ground up. Yeah. You know, and I, and I really think there, you know, again, go to that dishonor two episode. Like mm-hmm. I really feel like you can. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so after this, you know, Irrational Games formed and took over the series with BioShock Infinite which, you know, we've talked about, we don't have that glowing of a view on um takes it in an entirely different direction. We don't get back to Rapture until the DLC for Infinite. Like this is yes. this is kind of the, the the end of the line uh for the Rapture part of the story.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um you know, which again one of my, one of the best settings. Yes. I think, you know, one of the most interesting imaginative things that like I'm I'm glad there are more video games going on there um this game was remastered for modern systems for a little while uh this and the dlc specifically were not hard to find but were kind of hard to get running because of being tied to games for windows yeah uh bullshit but it has been remastered for modern systems um you can get the entire series and and the whole thing's been released as the bioshock collection yeah um they are not remakes it's just kind of visual tweaks but they look and they play fine Um, so you can play it on any number of things, uh, word of warning to people who uh, are going to listen to this and decide to play it or who are going to stop the recording now and decide to play it. The PC version of the remaster one, I had some real crash issues with, uh, that I had to go into some real, uh, nineties PC gaming save discipline.
0: Yeah. That happened to me, um, at the very end of, I think one of the most laborious levels, uh, Mm. Dionysus Park. Uh, that I had to play all over again, and I totally did the same thing. I went back to, like, full-on Con 1 lockdown <laughs> on my yep, saves. Yeah, anytime that's...
2: something happened, I would save.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, pay attention to that. Go for it. If you bought, like, Bioshock 1 or 2 or any of these games, back like, way back when on a sale uh, on Steam specifically, they just gave you the remasters for free. So yep. that okay. is also worth noting.
2: Yeah, and it just means more people are gonna play Minerve's Den, which is excellent. Yep. Because uh, for a long time there were like seven people who had played it. <laughs> and it was it was a real bummer because it's it's extremely good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're we're gonna go ahead and get into it. Um. Really looking forward to it. Kind of talking about this. So there are more kind of intricacy, you know, intricacies mm-hmm. uh, in this uh, that we will kind of cover as they they show up. Yes.
0: Down the brass roll the drum to the world of tomorrow. We come, see the sun through the gray, it's the dawn of a new day. Here we come, young and old, come to watch all the wonders unfold. And uh, so we can start with the opening, which
2: is incredibly dramatic.
0: Uh, this takes yeah. place during the Civil War.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, a big daddy summons his little sister from one of those sister shoots. Yeah, the, the little kind of pipes and uh, you know that they can uh, the vents they get to crawl in.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so I guess it does still count as event crawler if uh, there's vent crawling going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a little it bit just, more combat focused than prey or System Shock, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you don't get to crawl in the vents. You just get to, you're adjacent to vent crawlers. Yeah. You're friends with vent crawlers. <laughs> some of her best friends are vent crawlers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, she pops out. She drains, uh, you know, this. she wheezes the juice <laughs> from this uh, this corpse and drinks it from her syringe bottle. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> um, yeah. And you hear some
0: splicers, you know, attacking, attacking her. Uh, fight yeah. ensues. But then a woman approaches
2: and kind of stops all this. Well, be, before that happens, too, you, you walk through the party. Oh, which yeah, I love because yeah. it shows kind of how people on the ground think of like, you know, I love the idea of living in rapture where like there's just a bunch of monsterism you just kind of have to accept. Yeah, you just kind of, you avert know, your no eyes. one's comforted by this. And th- I love this when this pops up in uh, audio logs where people are just creeped out by seeing little sisters uh-huh. like they, they exist It's part of this economy. But like, you know, I may l- look like I'm just in a bar uh-huh. and you open a window and it's full of whales and you look out the window, you know, look out the door and there's a gigantic monster guarding a smaller monster that is like. <laughs> Sucking, you know, sucking mung out of a street corpse. Hey, Gary. You know? Hey, Gary. Yeah. What's mung? I, uh, I don't, uh, I don't actually know. I know that they're mung beans. <laughs> My friend uh, Brian, when I was growing up, Duke Sleuth, aka, uh, he used to always say mung was if if you took a corpse and you jumped on its stomach, mung was what came out of its mouth. Okay. I don't think that's actually the, the case, but it sounds like it, right? It's, it's, it's it's, it
0: sounds like some kind of like uh like like bodily effluvium.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, like, you know, bile would also work. Okay. <laughs> yeah
0: but uh, but definitely wheezing the juice uh people just like, the the fact that this cornerstone of the of the rapture economy just kind of depends on there being corpses around really <laughs> says how far gone how far gone things are because little sisters should definitely just be part of the hospital staff,
2: like they shouldn't yeah. be walking around no, no no out out in in and about, but you it's know. just you know yeah, yeah, things have gotten bad, so yeah then the, as you mentioned uh this this woman kind of stops this yes. fight that you're in yeah and this is sophia lamb she's not named right now but she
0: is you know coming up to you you know your little sister saying this is not your daughter this is eleanor you know this isn't little sister she has a name she belongs in a museum or at least a daycare
2: yeah um, and she she has some control over you they hit you with a, a hypnosis yes. uh, according to the wiki that you get hit with a hypnosis plasmid i don't know if it if it's easy to see in this cutscene, scene mm-hmm. but that, that's what happens yeah. that's why you obey her i just i figured like i didn't see her use a plasma i just
0: figured she knew the She knew the codes to control the big Daddies Like Like Striker uh, and X-Men (laughs) 2. Yes. I figured she just knew the codes, uh, you know, because big daddies are under industrial grade brainwashing. Yes. Um, And she, you know, talks to you, uh, says, Hey, take this pistol and place it against your head and fire. And this opening, you know, ends with Eleanor, you know, your little sister leaping at you and screaming as, you know, you are murdered by proxy.
2: And that proxy yeah. is yo. Very, very, uh, very dramatic. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we wake up. Um, we don't die. Uh, in the the first kind of level of the tutorial here, Adonis Luxury Resorts.
0: <laughs> I love this theme that is so art deco to name everything after Greek gods.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and is just as somebody who loves the first one, I love just seeing other parts of the city. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, the things this game does the best is like there's a red light, light district you know in Rapture, and we get to see it like there's amusement parks there's uh there's there's where do the poor live yeah. you know we talked about uh Fontaine recruiting them mm-hmm. uh where do they live like we get to see all that stuff yeah. which I think is really cool yeah
0: but like a nona luxury resorts it's like a, it's like a spa yeah right you okay. know but you wake up in a vita chamber or a vita chamber i'm going to go back and forth on that don't correct me mm-hmm. no. um and there's a sign on the wall saying fallen fallen as babylon it's been Ten years, eight years since the first game, and things have deteriorated deteriorated rapidly.
2: Yeah, yeah. It feels like, you know, it feels like it could crumble at any moment. Yes. Um, you kind of walk through this uh, this pool room, uh, the, this kind of soaking pool, into this area, this plasmid therapy area, which I love. Again, you know, just that world building thing. This like this game does a, a decent job. It's still not—you still have to—there's uh, a lot of disbelief you have to have that, like— why does the average citizen need to be able to shoot fire? Yep. And they do those cutesy little tutorial movies that like the average citizen needs it to set his friends on fire, <laughs> uh, you know, which is something I don't need to do that often. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit hard to relate to, but this game does do a little bit of like showing how plasmids fit into daily life.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's one of the most annoying things about infinite is that like, it makes no sense for there to be plasmids. Right. <laughs> Like somebody literally gives you a thing that lets you rob vending machines right away. <laughs> why? Why, why, would, why would you create a commercial product that lets you rob from vending machines? Yeah. Here it makes, makes sense. sense. Like it, yeah.
0: it makes sense. There, there are no rules and it is just
2: right. No rules, yeah. just rights. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, the, uh, 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 so you're in this plasma therapy area where people, people use that. And this is where you find the uh, lightning uh, plasma and it was left to you by Eleanor. Yeah. I think this is the first time you get the little, uh, the psychic voice. Yes. In your head. Yeah. Um, nobody's really identified yet,
0: but she is definitely helping you. Uh, and I love that, you know, everything is left in like gift boxes with jars of fireflies.
2: Where's she getting the mm-hmm. fireflies? I don't know. I got to catch them. Yeah. Yeah. She's getting that from owl city. Ooh. Yeah. A <laughs> <Like, laughs> good, good poll. Um, yeah. But like just with uh with very childish graffiti, you know? Yeah. Yep, um, and she's you know she's obviously like doing psychic shit because she also controls the other little sisters. Yes. Um, so then a little sister comes, grabs her hand, and says like, "Hey, Eleanor's waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to make it, you know, make it. She's gonna make you all better. Yeah, and kind of lead you in. But this is when we're introduced to like our cutscene little sister, and this uh this cutscene's amazing. Oh, the cutscene big sister. Yeah, our cutscene big sister.
0: Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, because she comes and like snatches her away.
2: Yeah. Well, this is where she just runs away. Later, when she actually does the uh, the window thing, is yeah. what I was thinking, yeah. and that's all awesome. Right.
0: <laughs> um in a bathroom uh kind of in this area you find an audio log uh, again i love the way this uh game specifically or these first two handles audio logs um mm-hmm. but yeah it's a you know it's a note from sophia lamb to her daughter eleanor you know uh kind of introducing the idea that she's a social social psychologist who is very much kind of on the down low uh
2: with her uh with her beliefs among these people. yeah yeah because yeah, it's not very popular nope you know like the thing the thing just things that she thinks and this uh we talk about audio logs it's worth reiterating because it's been five years since we did bioshock Mm -hmm. that uh when when we say how good the audio logs are the reason they're good is because uh they play you know you just click a button to play them and they play while you're exploring yes um that's my favorite. you know one of my favorite ways to do this kind of storytelling um i don't like checking a codex Mm -hmm. you know in in dragon age style or mass effect style i think that's annoying like I, i like a codex i like world building but i you can't do it at the same time; it becomes modal. Right. Um, like a lot of things in Bioshock Two, this integrates, mm-hmm. and they're also not tied to a place, um, unlike Titanfall Two, yes. where they had some of them, but they they would be on a laptop, and it's like the further I move away from this, the less I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Oh, well, why? You know, like uh, you know, pace your game, like place these mindfully, mm-hmm. so that while I'm doing a stretch of exploration, I can listen to like a podcast, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <So> do it. <laughs> I can stop the podcast I'm listening
0: to and listen to this other one, and yes. resume it later. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure why I hedged and said that Bioshock Infinite did audio logs worse. Like, it's handled the exact same way.
2: So I think... There are way fewer of them. Yeah. So one of the reasons why Infinite, uh, I think, is less good than these other two games in that respect is there's just less world building Mm -hmm. in it. Like, uh, And it's because the game isn't about that. Like, it does that very intentional bait and switch of, like, you think you're going to get a Bioshock game, and instead you get this alternate reality thing that that they actually wanted to make. Right. Um, But there's just fewer, you know, fewer of them. Yeah. But yeah, you learn oh. about
0: Sophia Lamb. We're gonna we're gonna get to know her very, very well. But you know, mm-hmm. she you know, kind of from the from the get is set in opposition to her entire surrounding,
1: right? Yes.
2: Yep. Um you get uh to this uh actual kind of lobby area and that wiry figure we saw from before attacks you. Yes. Um, you know, and and does yen you like it's actually a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, that and you have no weapons at this point, you're very likely to lose. Uh, And this isn't Dark Souls. You can't dodge, really. So you will lose. Um, And she leaves right before you're about to die. Yes. Yeah. And we get a P announcement uh, from
0: Lamb saying, remember, big sister is always watching. Again, kind of a kind of a hearkening to that Stalinist idea. To steal Adam is to steal from the Rapture family, from your family.
2: Yeah. Yep. Encouraging uh, the slicers not to do such. Yes. Um, When you pursue her into this next room... That figure actually does that that cutscene I was thinking of earlier where she jumps up and runs her drill – across the glass it's so good <laughs> uh breaking it and exploding water into the room and causing you to suck down into the sea yes
0: uh this uh. is one of the ways that bioshock 2 is different like you are a big daddy you are permanently fused to your dive suit this is an inconvenience like imagine being hit with all that pressure like the entire weight of the world's ocean hitting you but like mm-hmm. you're just kind of sucked out like in soma <laughs> and you're mm-hmm. walking on the floor of
2: the ocean it's so good yeah, it, it's, uh, it was a big—I watched an interview uh, with these guys, and it's one of the things they they intentionally got requests for. Uh-huh. Like, people who played the first one were like, we want to go out into the ocean. Yeah. Um, and these are, like, long combatless stretches, mm-hmm. you know, but they do a lot for the game's pace. Yes. Uh, it happens quite a bit. It's always, like, surreal and weird. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some minor collectibles to find. You can actually uh, grab but... the Atom Slugs. Mm-hmm. And just like I don't know, chug them, <laughs> yeah, just just do the slug chug. Yeah, just uh, you just uh, suck one dry like it's Capri Sun. Yeah, Capri slug. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, but the uh, the, the, you know, this this will come up a lot, and it's great mm. every time it happens, and it, it's just beautiful. Yeah, I you know, this that. is an old game, and it just like it the underworld, that just looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the like the the combination of like the
0: eerie bioluminescent foliage, uh, like the the, the skyline, quote unquote. Of rapture, yeah. <laughs> like, the, you know, the way that, like, oh, you're underwater. Like, there's basically no reason to have, like, a line of sight. Well, no, we still want this to look and feel like a city. It just has to hew to different, um, you know, kind of criteria,
2: right?
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. So you actually, uh, you get to hear uh, Tenenbaum reaches out to you. Tenenbaum. Yes. Uh, from the first game, uh, a.k.a. Christmas tree. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, kind of guides you to go to her ticket office through uh, the Atlantic Express. Yes. Um, another feature specifically requested by players that they listened to who said, like, we want to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Like, down in Rapture. we want more human beings. Like, not everybody gets to be, you know, a mutant. Yeah. Uh, where are the people at? And the, this game does a good job with that.
0: Yes. Uh, Tenenbaum is one of the people who initially did a bunch of research into making the Little Sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is kind of the good figure in Bioshock 1. She is the person who is encouraging you. Uh, to rescue little sisters and also rewarding you for doing so. Uh, Mm -hmm. She has left Rapture, but learned that, you know, little girls are being abducted and brought down here and converted and has come back and has worked. I mean, spoilers, but whatever worked with Eleanor to bring you back to kind of stop this racket from happening. Right.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: Um, This is where there's a a security booth where you first get your uh, remote hacking uh, gun. You talked about it. It's a, it's a stop the, uh, the, the The line that's moving back and forth, timing game mm-hmm. um even within that though it is more complex because there are the blue lines mm-hmm. uh, that you can have that give you a a bigger advantage and they're almost always um, in the middle of red spaces, yes, which yeah. will set off alarms, yeah uh, so you need to be hurt, you can
0: set off alarms, things like that, <laughs> or if you have the plasma that I did, so I played this game as just I, I bumped hacking as much as possible, I would intentionally fail so I would get more uh get more sentry buddies to come oh after yeah. Me.
2: I, I always had, I was always rolling deep <laughs> yep, squad, in of squad goals. <laughs> yep. exactly. <laughs> me, me and these, uh, and I, and I love, uh, Bioshock, uh, sentry copters. I think they're really cute. <laughs> and the audio design on them is great. That yep. like kind of revving up their engine sound sounds so good. Yeah. The, the, the way that they fly
0: is exactly the way that I pilot my drone. Like <laughs> they, oh, they, yeah. they're always like over correcting and like being all
2: wobbly and knocking into stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I, I like them quite a bit, and the game does the brilliant thing that when you get the plasmid that allows you to. Uh, one of the plasmids allows you to na it gives them names. Uh huh. That's so good. <laughs> Such like, a it's good very cute. Yeah, it's really cute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you can you can hack stuff by walking up
0: to it, but this remote hacking gun, um, plays into the real time nature of it. Like you can pop out from a corner, uh, <laughs> hit a camera, hit a turret, and uh, do this timing. Uh, this timing game from relative safety, uh, and also it, they gate stuff. Like you will have to like shoot through a window
2: to open a door, right? Yes, and this can happen while you're in the middle of combat. Like yeah. you can be desperately trying to hack and hit those buttons while shooting. Mm-hmm. It's a different key on the keyboard, at least. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah,
2: um, I like it a lot. Yeah, the uh, so uh, you go. We're kind of passing through this train workshop, and we see that somebody has created. There's a uh, a, sh- a little shrine mm-hmm. um, here. It's yes. been set up yeah, a shrine
0: to Andrew Ryan. So you get the idea that even among the family, there are people who still look at him as, you know, again, this Titan, this God, you know, is falling, yeah. but you still see his, you know, his master works all over the place.
2: Well, uh, there's a, the shrine as well, but it's also defaced. Yes. You know, which was what I was thinking it was, was that they had kind of created this as an effigy mm-hmm. of sorts, you yes. know, as opposed to a, a figure of worship.
0: Oh yeah. 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 Um, but here you get an, an audio log, you know, talking about, you know, his death, the death of Andrew mm-hmm. Ryan and kind of the death of this idea of, you know, the 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 you know the splicing and stuff. The death of the gene and the death is the death of the tyrant, right?
2: Yes. The idea that somebody can be distinguished just because of what they were born with. Yeah. Yep. And this is also where we get kind of Sophia Lam's origins of Ryan kind of learning that people in Rapture are depressed and unstable because um, they feel isolated and him getting the best psychiatrist. Yes. There was like if, if the weakest links in the chain are rattling, this will cease it. Yes, and yeah, the,
1: so.
0: the, the great chain is something that Ryan would always talk about. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, Ryan's skeptical even of this of this very need. He's responding to people because that's what they want. Uh, but he believes that even the presence of a psychiatrist, not even just a psychiatrist, who as who is as unhinged as Lamb is, but in yeah. the presence of a psychiatrist, he says a new Kremlin, will, a new Kremlin will rise.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. But there's just demand. He does not have control over it, and mm-hmm. that's part of what he signed up for. So <laughs> it's... Um, we. We kind of go into this little little side room here, and we think we're doing fine, but then uh, Lamb ambushes us. Yes. We get lambushed. <laughs> uh, she she pops up on monitors to kind of taunt us. You know, I don't know how you're still alive, but uh, you won't be for long. And calls some of her family
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, to come kill you. Um, you know, and they it's it's pretty intense. Like you're trapped there for a second. You're not sure if you're supposed to fight. Right. Uh, you know, here they throw a Molotov in on you and set you on fire. Yeah.
0: Like like this should totally just be like a you know, a summary execution. Yeah. Uh, which but is luckily it burns the floor away. Yes. And you fall through. Uh, but like <laughs> looking at it as a summary execution, it's especially more chilling when Lamb says like everything I do, this is an act of love.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's more of that will come up later. Like is yeah. the, this kind of profound tragedy of the, the character you are, I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but your subject Delta yes. is, uh, is the name of you and you, uh, it is a rough, you had a rough life. Yeah. <laughs> You're not, it's not a happy pup. No. Yeah. Uh, so you know there is there is a kind of uh mer- there is mercy to the idea mm-hmm. of putting de- Delta down. Um. I also like this as the uh the the splicers come in because in the first one they're just kind of a wandering presence. Yeah. So the fact that they would drop everything to try to kill you mm-hmm. uh, didn't always make sense. Like sometimes you know somebody would get on the the loudspeaker and tell them to. Yeah. But they're also they're insane. Yeah. You know so it didn't make a lot of sense. Here they're literally like. Worshipping their god essentially, you, know, they're, they're you made the Manson family comparison early, you know, earlier, and that's really good. Yeah, yeah. So then, being weaponized by land makes a lot, lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so
0: it it lines up a little bit better, and I think that even you know plays into the idea that like, yeah, you're going to be fighting off wave, waves of these things because they're being directed. You mm-hmm. know, like that there, there is a centralized intelligence to this. Yes. Yeah. Um. So you fall through the floor and you get to kind of this post office. Uh, I believe this is where Eleanor kind of like first appears to you, right? Mm-hmm. Says, hey, Lamb won't be able to command you anymore. She is making sure of that. Uh, you know, you have this link that's been established. Uh, she, is, she leaves you the telekinesis plasmid. I never get use out of this. Like there are those times where there's something on the other side. Like they're, they're, they're obviously saying like, hey, use TK to get this item here. Get a little bit of a boost. I never naturally use it in combat
2: yeah i I didn't a whole lot either it's it's the the plasma we should talk about the plasmids when they pop up like whether we use them and i just tend to use the electric electricity one because the first one and i I like it um but the uh the the tk one is the the plasmid of choice for speedrunners. oh apparently this is how you get the big damage and you can do a lot of things to kind of sequence break with it but also it does the most damage if you know how to use it right which i clearly didn't no no Um, it's very technical it really wanted me to catch grenades with it, which like every once in a while I would pull that off, especially early on when I had no reason not to have it equipped. Uh-huh. Um, but once kind of a equipment slot scarcity came into the, the picture, I didn't often have it equipped.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a neat idea. I generally like telekinesis in a game. It just, I never, it never lives up to it for me here. In one this, of, one of in the? One.
2: Yeah, Yeah, me too. Um, One of the big advantages of this, the one we didn't talk about, that's a, an upgrade of this is the upgradable uh, plasmids. Yeah. So all of them have uh, three different phases that get more powerful as you go. And this one has one of the cooler ones where if you get it to the final phase, you can actually take living uh, splicers <laughs> and use telekinesis. And I can see that being really good. Hyper gravity gun style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about the
0: lightning one. That is a, a real stalwart. Like, you know, the, the gimmick for it is like if somebody's standing in water, which spoilers, this rapture, there's water everywhere. Uh, you can kind of affect more than one person uh, with it. You can zap an entire area. Um, it's very good for getting people to stand still and for
2: interrupting their actions. Yes, and it, it, if you hit somebody with a uh, with your drill when they are shocked, it does more damage, similar to how the wrench yes would work. Yeah. Um, you can also eventually get a gene tonic that makes you immune to electricity, so it makes that water gambit <laughs> you know really really effective, and uh, it upgrades to a chain lightning. Yeah. Uh, kind of attacks you can hit a lot of different people like it will bounce from enemy to enemy which just doing that as kind of crowd control
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh is really effective like yeah. shock all these people so they can stop shooting me for a moment yeah. It's a good uh it's a good opening move and
0: it's also a good oh shit move mm-hmm. the, the other upgraded elemental ones uh didn't
2: didn't feel as satisfying as that the the ice one is the one i would want to use except that you can lose loot yeah so so I, I didn't end up using it the fire one i used quite a bit mm-hmm. um but the uh lightning was definitely my primary attack Last yeah, it was one that
0: I walked around with again, just as a as a as, a, as an opening move in a no shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So swarm of enemies uh, kind of comes in and chases you to an elevator. This is meant to be. You know, you're meant to flee here. of um, mom mm-hmm. kind of explains what's going on. The way that the Alpha series works um is that instead of just kind of having sway over and pairing with any little sister like the later big daddies do, you're bonded to one little sister for life, uh, and you have been bonded to Eleanor who unfortunately was actually Lamb's daughter, right? Yeah. When you're apart, and if you stay too far apart for too long, you go into a coma uh, kind of to keep both of them from uh, for, from fleeing each other and from fleeing Rapture, right? Yeah. So, like, this is what's happening to you. Your body is failing because she is being kept far away, kind of at the end of the line, uh, down in Fontaine Futuristics on the other side of the city.
2: Yeah yeah so it is um you know these little girls had to come from somewhere, yes, so the, this game kind of answering that question with uh with the main thing and then also with uh the name of the the nPC meltzer mm. yes. uh, metzler uh who uh you know not to, to blow up the the spa, but it's interesting to talk about uh, that dude because we we get audio logs from him and we kind of follow his story yeah
0: and he, he, he was, t- was a he was a fan demand from uh the first one, right yes, he comes back,
2: yeah, and he ends up being the big part of the marketing. Uh, push. I think I've talked about this, but the first packs I went to was before this game came out, mm-hmm. and uh, the marketing for it is they set up uh, Metzler's study, mm. and you just get to walk through it. Nice. It was great, like digging through his files, looking at his map, uh, and he's somebody who investigated all these missing missing girls because his daughter got captured. Like missing ships and missing girls, uh, and found you know hunted down Rapture. Yeah. Uh, uh, which spoiler, like there's parity there with you as well. Yes. Yeah. Also, uh, Meltzer looks exactly like Richard Nixon. So he, he does look a lot like a like a like a handsome Nixon, like <laughs> something in a weekend Nixon, give Buff. me something in a weekend Nixon. <laughs> can I get a, can I get vacation Nixon? Yeah, <laughs> you can get a PT Nixon.
0: that's <laughs> um, yeah. so dumb.
2: Sorry, it's, uh, it, it's actually good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> counterpoint Um, (laughs) weekend Nixon is, is the Nixon. I enjoy Yeah, the Nixon. I crave. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the setup and that's, that's a little
0: bit of the peril for you. And it's your main motivation is to, you know, get across the city and reunite with Eleanor, you know, and so you don't die. So you don't die. So it, it, it's left a little bit uncertain, kind of like how much how much of this is actual affection for this little girl, how much of it is programming, how much of it is biological imperative. You imbue it with meaning, you know, based on kind of how you approach
2: the stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that that is left uh, left up in the air. Yeah. Like all of the stuff you think could just be an illusion. Yeah. Uh, through there. Um, we we introduced another major character, uh, Gil Alexander, <laughs> who is the guy who replaced Dr. Suchong uh, after Dr. Suchong died. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, this is why he created this un- unbreakable psychological bond. Like he said, the the, the bond was too weak. Yes,
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to see more of Old Gill later on.
2: Yes, and and the the story of Gill is great. Yes. Um,
0: so you get to the, you get to the ticket office where Tenenbaum is, and you know this is kind of the last, you know, the last stand for Tenenbaum. She doesn't really factor into this for you know for, for you know for very much longer until the
2: DLC, really
0: okay cool yeah um but she says yeah I've, I've returned to stop lamb you know like I said she heard about the kidnappings and stuff um and then Dr lamb puts out this APB saying like hey we have an enemy of the people here um and your last stand in this level is to fight off a huge swarm of them
2: right yes um at the different time we'll we'll talk about the different enemies at this point it's all leatherhead and leadhead yes splicers which is just a uh, gun or melee uh, hear but they still have that flavor from the first one, which I love, which is that fifties uh urbane <laughs> nature like uh the kind of incidental dialogue that happens with enemies in this game is among my favorite in games, yeah you know because they're 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 insane, but they also have this like these kind of memories of high society mm-hmm. uh which i which I just really really love, like there's an intruder on the grounds, you know <laughs> yeah. they all have that kind of like uh New England. Kennedy, kind of patrician, yeah. kind of kind, yes. kind of feel, yeah. Which um, which, I, which I like, yes.
0: An an entire uh, uh, condition of personhood that is summed up by a
2: tattered, waterlogged uh, top hat. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, very, very good. But this is a, you know kind of a, like a mini boss style, style encounter. Um, Tenabom has other people she has to help while she's here. You know, a lot of people were just kind of left in this coffin at the bottom of the sea. Yeah. You know, after the Civil War, uh, so she leaves you with this guy named Sinclair. Uh, who's got a good voice. <laughs> uh, you know, Fontaine had a good voice. Sinclair has a good voice as well. Like I, I am way into this kind of genteel so- Southern uh, accent. Yeah. Just a j- just hey, sport
0: g- <laughs> g- 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 Georgian socialite kind of, kind of feel Sinclair is very good. I like Sinclair a great deal. However, it, it did put, it like kind of step on our steeds a little bit. Remember the LA Noir sketch? Oh yeah. Where it was dueling Fontaine's. So yeah. the Fontaine from Millie Noir, you know, he's kind of the same deal. Like, oh, I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know, like uh, you know, yeah, a Fog, Fog, foghorn, lakehorn kind of thing. Yes. <laughs>
2: Here's right. the exact same thing, except he is not named Fontaine. Yeah. He's a, uh, and they could have just named him Fontaine. No, yeah. they could not. No. Um, they, they, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like this guy a lot. It is that same kind of accent. But yeah. if you if you like this accent, get used to it because he's going to be your, your man, your handler.
1: Yeah. Essentially.
2: Um, and this is jumping forward a little bit, but, you know. The second that I got this
0: guy, I thought, okay, he is going to fuck me over. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to try the same trick. He's going to be like the Atlas. And he's going to reveal himself to be a total dick. Um, it's different. He fucked you over in the past. He's mm-hmm. playing it totally straight right now.
2: And the the idea of this has a lot more kind of movement on these uh, these characters we're going to meet, including this guy. Uh-huh. You know, like he's he's playing it straight. The other characters who you get to choose to save or or kind of spare, which we'll, we'll get to that mechanic. Yeah. Uh, that influences the ending and, and, and such influences a couple other things. Um, there's a lot more shade to them. Yeah. I think all of the, the all four of the principles, like pretty much everyone except for Sophia Lamb, uh-huh, is really well sketched. Yes. And is like an interesting character that there's a little bit of movement on. Yeah. You know, not not a purely villainous or purely heroic. Yeah. Um and they lean super hard into every area having an author, right? Like most of yeah. these stages have their Sander Cohen, right? Yes. Yeah. No uh including moving forward you know so you're you're trying to like make your way to fontaine futuristics that's kind of the uh the premise of this road trip um you're <laughs> going to get stopped along the way yes and the first stop is is a highlight level and i you know it, up until this point you know the environments have not been that noteworthy right um so they they put out the show you know showstopper like about an hour <laughs> in uh which is ryan amusements get me out of here
1: What's in there? Man's a skeleton in this closet. That's all right, Putney. He'll get used to you. Spooks for having that midnight thing. The merry making was in full swing. They sweep themselves to a cheerful dance. When the skeleton in the closet did his dance. Now, goblin giggle with Venus
0: Cleen. Uh, I love Ryan Amusements. Uh, did, because God. It, Is it because good? Like, because it highlights what a humorless uh just sanctimonious prick Andrew Ryan is
2: well he ended just like and you know a false environment is always gonna be my favorite thing like uh-huh. a false environment within a false environment oh yeah like especially is, when you can see the front and back of it yeah it's just it's just really clever mm-hmm. like this is extremely clever um you know so the, we're, we're moving forward on our train however the way forward has been blocked by a bunch of ice yeah uh to melt ice we need fire very this is very much like our final fantasy four moment <laughs> um, so we need to go get a fire plasmid and uh, they'll have one inside this amusement park, <laughs>
0: <laughs> because what do kids need uh, if not the ability to shoot fire at will?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, can, you just have to ignore the why is anyone allowed to have a plasmid?
0: I, I I do like the idea though, because like later on they 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 classify it as uh, home defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Which <laughs> which, is... which
0: which make you know makes it makes a sort of sense. A sort of sense. It's still yeah. ridiculous, but I you know maybe it's just the mood I'm in for 2018. But that is a yeah, that's a darkly humorous idea. You
2: need a good guy with a plasmid <laughs> whenever um, there's there's a there's there's a public plasmiding, Yeah. Um that happens. Yeah. Uh we're recording this on the uh on the day of the March for our lives actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know I I'm doing that instead of, I'm doing this instead of the March for our lives, not because I don't believe in it, but because I just got back from vacation. So right. Yes. You know, apologies well, everyone. Apologies.
0: Uh, <laughs> um the, yeah, so when I when I say that Ryan is a sanctimonious, humorless prick, we knew this. Uh, but here is Ryan completely derailing somebody's creative vision because what we have is kind of a Walt Disney who is down here. He's a real Imagineer, Carson Fiddle, mm-hmm. um, who came down and made you know kind of this frivolous amusement park because kids need frivolity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids love the early designs. They love the mascots. They love the animatronics. It's a it's it's a Chuck E. Cheese beneath the seas, uh, yep. but Ryan. He thought it was immature. He was freaked out by the by by the mannequins. He was freaked out by everything. He said, "I'm going to make this into a cathedral to myself and my ideas." So yeah. instead of being
2: like a fun distraction, it ended up being church. It's a, it's an edutainment nightmare. <laughs> uh, and you know so you get to you, but you get to experience it, which I which I really love. Um, I love that hand that always appears. The hand is really really good. Um, <laughs> So the uh uh you know and and it's just it's him kind of espousing his his virtues right you know and it's also meant as kind of um it, the thing that most reminded me of is a uh, Hell House
0: oh like, yeah like you know,
2: those things that Christians have instead of haunted houses where mm-hmm. like you know it's like oh here's the terror you know they're gonna be I have a California cheeseburger yeah like it's it's called like you know the horrors of the surface world
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know like it's 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 propaganda yeah in in a very literal sense and this way that again this this game does a much Underlines a lot more the uh, the hypocrisy of Andrew Ryan. Yes, you know, not letting people make their own decisions and, and such, and kind of like miseducating them. Yeah, and
0: inculcating and, and sure. them at an early age with his yes. specific philosophy. Like this is you know, take that opening speech that is you know, memorable and memed. You know, like, uh, am I entitled to the sweat of my brow? No, says the man at the Kremlin. No, says the man. Uh, you know, and in, and in, in the Vatican. It takes that and turns it into just a you know, a, the the this uh, long
2: amusement park ride. Right. Yes yep um and, and it's clever and meta <laughs> right
1: here
2: so to, so to get in you need to get a ticket um you find one and then it's like you're gonna have to buy incinerate because it's fucking rapture yeah <laughs> and you have to buy pissing so you have to buy everything <laughs> i love that oh. i love that they brought back the uh the the pay toilets yeah the pay
0: toilets yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep. so you have to uh go find a little sister uh to get uh you know to get incinerate uh and this is kind of the introduction to that and you know, it's the first level with that rhythm
2: right hmm yeah Um, yeah. So you, uh, you go through and, uh, you're, you're on your way looking through that. Mm -hmm. Um, you get your first, uh, you get the machine gun here as a weapon, um, which I, I used, but like, I'm, you know, I, I find it the, the kind of recoil and lack of accuracy on it mildly rough.
0: Not like, uh, like like the, 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 the main ammo doesn't have enough stopping power. It feels like you're always like running out of, uh, running out of stuff. Uh, it ends up being especially useful for, uh, for, um, Oh gosh, turrets and drones mm-hmm. because of the armor armor piercing uh, ammo, uh, and then the anti personnel is it's fine. I didn't really
2: waste any upgrade points on this though. The uh, anti personnel they tie into the research mini game as well. Yeah, so you have to research making enemies vulnerable mm-hmm. to it. Once you do, it does make a big difference. Yeah. Um. So this, and I, it's not like I never used it, but it wasn't. It wasn't a fave. Yeah.
0: Um, at some point we got the we got the rivet gun which is which mm-hmm. is good like that is a, a fantastic hit scan weapon uh ended up always using that i love the upgrade that sets en- that sets enemies on fire the mvp though is the trap ammo
2: yeah yeah the trap ammo i use tons of yeah. um all of the weapons have three different types of animo- ammo ammo mm-hmm. uh two alternate uses and they can be upgraded in uh three different ways through these power to the people stations yep uh that return from the first game um i don't know if the first game had the exact conceit that you do if you do the two main upgrades you unlock the third one mm-hmm. uh, that tends to be the super powered one and some of those are very cool yeah um you know, you can uh the machine one i think gives you ricocheting bullets <laughs> which is kind of cool like yeah you, know, you can do trick shots things like that yeah um we also get our first gene tonic here which is sports boost which increases your movement speed and therefore i'm never going to get rid of it it's always <laughs> okay. going to be be there yep um, but gene tonics, we're not going to go over all of them because there are tons of them. Yeah. Um, but it is, they're significant. It doesn't feel like they are, you know, 0.23% frost damage. Yeah. Like they make big deals and they synergize in ways like you can do a, um, like a, uh, security build, mm-hmm. you know, like I did all of the, the, the gene tonics that allowed, uh, that strengthened my security systems that allowed me to, uh, more easily hack bots yeah. and hack turrets, things like that. Yeah, but you could just as easily uh, do a like a porcupine build. You could stack everything that means when you get hit, you uh, you explode into damage. Yeah, um, there are a lot of different kinds of builds that are suggested by these.
0: It sounds like we played very similar builds with an with an emphasis on security. Um, I also stacked most of my tonics on the melee stuff. There's a lot of tonics about drills as well. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorites
2: was the one that uh, would freeze enemies at random as you attack with a mm. drill. Yeah, I I didn't use that because you could lose a uh, loot. Like, if an if enemy explodes, you don't get the stuff out of them. And well after I no longer needed stuff, I still had a weird ter- aversion <laughs> to losing stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, for, for, for for me, it reason. would be like I would attack until they froze, and then I would turn around and attack somebody else. So I would, like, yeah. wait until they thawed and then just, uh, you know, use that as kind of a, a weird, like, a crowd
2: ran- control. Like randomly proccing crowd control. Yeah. Yeah yep um because the, the drill and that also when you use the uh, when you spin the drill, you get a lot of hits, yeah so you're definitely going going to get that. I use a lot of melee uh tonics as well
1: yeah
2: no. uh and then uh and melee and security mm-hmm. were kind of my build, but every once in a while I would do do something else, and uh ultimately, you can get um my favorite just because it's part of research we probably wind up talking about it individually is uh the natural camouflage one <laughs> comes back from the first game, which makes a game based on setting traps. Uh, in ambushes, like (laughs) really, really fun. Yeah. Um, you could kind of set up this death arena, turn invisible, um, wait for, you know, enemies to trigger, and then just pop out, smack one, and then go back in your corner. That's what I want a dungeon keeper to be. Yeah. It is, (laughs) uh, it does have that kind of, you know, you, I did feel like I was controlling, uh, designing a level for the AI. Yeah. In a way I don't often. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: So we're we're not going to talk about every tonic, but I do love. I think it's around here you get a an audio log of like a wife talking about her husband who Mm -hmm. like does an exercise, eats like shit, and just uses tonics uh, or these uh, you know these these gene tonics to uh, um, just look buff. And she's like, no, no, like you like he doesn't understand. Like his mind is wasting away. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if his body's fine. Like he cannot lean on this crutch.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that this is—I love uh, sports boost because it, or th- I think that they talk about that with sports boost specifically, mm-hmm. um, and I like that as a uh, how this would fit into real life. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> um, we also hear a little bit more from from Eleanor here uh, yeah. in an audio log this time, so we get to hear from Baby Eleanor, <laughs> um, and uh, you know she wasn't allowed to uh, to play with these other children. Because those other children who are Rapture citizens were raised on a diet of dog eat dog, yes. Sophia says, which is essentially just libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she takes it literally because she's a little girl. Yes. So you know she
0: refers to the you know the kids that she wasn't able to play with and kind of these monsters that Lamb created in her mind with you know with her rhetoric as dog eaters. Right. Saying, yeah. You know uh, Eleanor saying the dog eaters wear human skin and makes them look just you know just like us.
2: Yeah. Yep. Um. Very cool. Uh, you, we, we find our first um, little sister that's being protected by a big daddy. So we have our first big daddy fight. And early on, when you don't have a lot of tools, like this can be actually be pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, you have trap rivets and you have your main weapons and that's really it. Yeah. Um, um, and specifically, like when you're fighting against a rumbler,
0: like some of the later ones get a little bit more, let's say, abstract. Like rumblers, they scream at you, you get blurry vision and get all dizzy and stuff and they just like get right up on top of you. Yeah, they're super much like a Like a shock and awe kind of thing.
2: Yep, um, but you do it, and and Sinclair just kind of says like, "Hey, you can just s- crack this this little girl. You can crack open a warm one and get uh, all the Adam out of her, you know, or you can uh, you can save her or have her uh, have her harvest. Yeah, here, um, it's up to you. But uh, you know, you want to harvest because it's fun, and you go to the first corpse that you find with Adam. These kind of glow. Um, I like the pathfinding uh-huh. for this, like the little girl Dar. <laughs> it's you like uh, that's like Fable too." Yes. Yeah. It's uh it's clever. Um, and how you get there and the this starts this kind of way of defense. Yeah. That we talked about earlier. Which we heaped
0: a ton of praise on. Uh one thing I want to uh, uh heap a little bit more praise on is the redesign of the little sisters. Mm-hmm. So they still have like the crazy skin and the glowing eyes, but they look more like little girls than they appeared uh, you know, than they look like in Bioshock One, uh specifically because of the Big Daddy, you know, brainwashing you're
2: under. Like yes, they're, yeah, yeah. They're meant to look cute to yeah. you. Yes, because you have an you have a unreliable narrator <laughs> that is your character. Right. Um, the second corpse we had to find is in this this ride that we talked about, this journey to the surface. Right. Uh, we're getting this Ryan propaganda where there are animatronic Ryans sitting at desks, you know, just like, <laughs> behold the farmer. You know, and getting these, like, robots doing these things before this gigantic hand comes out. And some of these are just really impressive. Uh, they look really cool. I love the one that drags the little kid back behind the the stage. Uh-huh. Um, but it just, it just looks so neat and you get to go back in the, uh, the rooms behind these, like you get to see where they're building them, like in, in rooms full of, uh, animatronic heads Yeah, <laughs> and stuff like, man, our amusement park is a cool setting. I love it so much. Yeah. It's just good. Again, I love seeing the front and back of it, you know, yeah, give, give me the backstage, yeah. right? Give me, yeah. Give me that, uh, behind the scenes and portal feeling <laughs> yep. you know, as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so
0: when you finish up with your, with your little sister, you get your rescue or harvest option. Uh, this is important. You know, if you rescue and you wave your hand over and she is no longer a little sister, uh, if you harvest, the screen goes black and you presumably reach into her abdomen and pull out the, uh, the delicious
2: slug that is embedded yeah. in her. You treat then... her like a crawdad. Yeah. 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 Twist off her head and then like suck out the innards. Yeah. The um so the, this game does a thing in the uh, the first one it got a lot of criticism because it was literally all or nothing right um, this one actually has a lot more endings so there are degrees mm-hmm. um, you can harvest a couple and still get the the quote unquote good ending mm-hmm. um, the idea being that you just harvested for necessity right um, the advantage similar to the other one that you get for not harvesting is that you uh, they give you unique plasmids yeah so I just knew I wanted those unique plasmids like there were times where I was hard up for Adam early on and maybe that boost would have been a big deal. Um, but I just, I wasn't going to lock myself out of unique plasmids and the unique plasmids you can get are actually, or like gene tonics and such that you can get are actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, you know, instant gratification, uh, versus,
0: you know, delayed. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so on your way out, you know, because, because of the way this level is structured, they kind of ensure that you get a big sister attack. Right. And for me. Um, this was pretty tough, but having the the incinerate plasmid really helps out because when you catch an enemy on fire, they kind of get stuck in place and panic. Uh, she does it less uh, than the other ones do. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll she's very happy, the big sister, to run at you while just on fire.
2: Yeah, uh. yeah, it it does, and uh, it's it's a hard to stop. Same thing with lightning; like you can paralyze her temporarily. Yeah, but it's it's very temporarily. So this ends up being a very hard fight. Yeah. Um you know to to kind of get through, uh but you know I think that their their damage and such does scale mm-hmm. um you know, so it 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 does actually work like it is is a doable fight, it's just a a tricky difficulty thing, yeah, and um, we don't really talk about this you know we buy the plasma from your store here it's sort of the gatherers' gardens, uh we can buy things um I think. This might be the first. No, yeah, I think this is true in the first one too, but I had forgotten about it. That you can only switch out plasmids and stuff at these stations. Mm-hmm. You can't just do it anywhere, which is which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's like the like the, the actual
0: gene bank is what they call it, where you do your switch outs. Yeah, you can also switch when you when you buy the plasmid.
2: And and I won't uh, call out all of these, but just as a real quick because I remember it, um, these little environmental stories of these side characters you get. That was a big mm-hmm. part of the first one. And a big part, you know, saying those loss of the third one, but it's great here. Um, I love the story of the woman who was taking the kids on a field trip uh-huh. to this and got trapped. Yep, you know, in it while it was happening. It's like a really sad little story that you pick up through like three or four different audio logs mm-hmm.
0: as yeah. you move through. Or put like, it like, like that, they were here it was like a special like New Year's Eve trip. Like they were, yeah. they were trapped basically on the tracks when the uh, when when the
2: uh, Civil War started. Yeah, yeah, pretty intense. Um, so you, you, eventually take out this little, this big sister, you do get, uh, Adam for killing big sisters as well. Yes. Um, and then you can open up this real tunnel with, uh, with your fire towers, your fire powers and, uh, Sinclair pops out hops on a board um you know when you deal with human characters unless you can kill them they're always behind glass uh-huh you know which is just to stop players from from doing that thing mm-hmm. uh you know so this this is no exception yeah um and, and then sinclair pretty much
0: just stays in the caboose of the of, of the train yeah and i'm more of a caboose man but yeah more of a slam but b- yeah. b- back here in the dining car getting half price rupiah you
2: know yeah, yeah. i'm gonna I'm drink a julep
1: um <laughs>
2: It is the most julep voice. Like, if if, he, if this man was a font, the font would be called mint julep. <laughs> so, you were just in Louisiana. Did you have a julep? I didn't have a julep, man. Oh. I, uh, and I didn't have any, uh, any crawfish. I, I wanted to. I had fish mm-hmm. and I and I had some, some unique, bespoke southern food, but I did not have uh, a crawfish. I did not have a julep. Yeah. I want to save, I want to save more of this for the, for the after suffering. Did you have the beignet? Uh, I didn't, actually. Yeah. I was going to, but the line was too long when I was oh, down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can get beignets. Uh, there's a, a Creole restaurant a few blocks from my house mm. that is uh, not great. It's fine. But it has beignets, and I can't imagine they're that much better. And like it's for just, just like it's fried, like fry, dough. fried dough. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the, the re- revelatory thing uh, is a sausage called boudin. Mm. And uh, Brian Wade, friend of the show, was telling me about boudin before i went down there because he went down and visited Uh louisiana and i was like man boudin and then we got some right away like you can get the thing about louisiana and again we'll save this but you can get just amazing i was telling jeremy like i don't know why people go to fast food restaurants because we just went to a gas station yeah and just got this amazing fucking sausage Hmm. Like so boudin is this this sausage that is uh has rice uh, and sausage stuffed within a sausage skin oh so like
0: instead of like oats like you can get like a uh we'll call it getta here it's like scrapple but with uh pin oats
1: yeah
2: yeah, it, it's it's uh, a with with unique Cajun spices, hmm. or they're presumably secret, yeah. and uh, it was uh, it was delicious. That sounds very good. So that was the uh, the bespoke Southern food that I like. You know, they got that I really really enjoyed. Hmm. Um, so as you're leaving, um, not as I was leaving, as I was leaving Louisiana, splicers were pouring in <laughs> uh, around the plane, but I managed to take off in time. <laughs> and we're heading through uh, this area where the actual poor people. Yeah, live in Rapture because you know if you're gonna have uh, libertarianism, you're gonna have pores. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is called Poppers Drop. Little on the nose. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, like oh, who's who's uh? I, I'm gonna get a new place here, at Poppers Drop. Um, it's not uh, you know, it's actually named that as well. Yeah. So it's like uh, but they, they we do learn about the origin of it, mm-hmm. where this was they brought in people to build uh Rapture. Yeah. And then once they built it, there's no more work for them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so what are they going to do? They're kind of trapped down here. They have nothing, uh, you know, they don't have any means. This this philosophy is not about giving people the means. No, it's just no. about, hey, bootstrap yourself, buddy. Uh, and they couldn't. And then they ended up living here. Yeah.
0: So they ended kind of living here us. so they didn't yeah. mix in with, you know, pretty much all the people that we saw and places that we saw in the first game. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so when you arrive here, Lamb comes over the PA, you know, announcing this citywide rail lockdown, and this is the reason why you have to stop here, right? This is just where you get trapped. Um, Sinclair says, hey, go find someone named Grace Holloway. She has the override key, uh, and she's kind of holed up at this old hotel, um, you know, which she took over, you know, the, the, the Sinclair Deluxe after Sinclair, uh, became indisposed.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Grace Holloway is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, which is this, this area, when we talk about every area, having an author, um, this, this is, this is that. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is my favorite level in the game level design wise.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, this, this whole area of these little stores and shops and hallways and stuff. I think this is, this is as good as the series gets. Yeah. As far I'm, as wireframe
0: goes. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more partial to Siren Alley, but they're very similar in terms of uh wireframe.
2: Right. Sorry. S- Siren Alley is great as well. Yeah. I think Siren Alley is very cool. Um, this is just this one happens to be uh, happens to be a little bit better in my mind because there are still like weird secrets I could find. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of areas you don't have to go to here mm-hmm. uh, that, I, that I'm quite quite a big fan of. I love the fishbowl diner like that is that that yeah. is a
0: real like just kind of like centerpiece arena uh, mm-hmm. for these incidental fights you can get yourself into.
2: Yes. Uh it ends up being uh so it's the kind of center of this there's this diner. Um the doors are locked. You have to get in through the roof. How get there? This is where you find the shotgun. Yeah. Um and the shotgun in this game is excellent. Not oh, so good. Uh yeah, I ended up using this uh this was my primary weapon. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, here. Uh like immediately you want to get the uh the ammo upgrade because two shots is a little bit too restrictive. Like when yes. you get six of them. I mean, the way that I play these, I'm pretty much always right up in people's faces anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just the ability to, like, just mix and match this with some melee attacks is really, really satisfying, especially once you get the Tesla upgrade.
2: Yeah, just double tap Yep. <laughs> on guys.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, so you, so you head into this, this diner, you, have a, you get that shotgun. You start heading towards uh, the hotel where Holloway is, mm-hmm. and uh, the roof gets collapsed yes. uh, by a brute. Uh, splicer one of the few you know brand new enemy types yeah
0: um so sure. these are somewhere between like a regular splicer and a big daddy uh they're mm-hmm. incredibly resilient have a lot of uh have a lot of hp uh, and mostly just charge at you sometimes pick up rubble and throw
2: it at you um yeah. but this is where they introduce the uh, the research camera yes because you need to get past that rebel you need to have their strength that's what I teach you. Um, they are they're kind of function as mini bosses. It's always a big deal. Yeah. when one of these things pops up, um, and their their flavor and stuff is uh, they're pretty homophobic. Did you catch that? Like their slur. Like they have like they, they keep calling things poofs.
1: No, I, didn't, uh, I, didn't, their, their I didn't catch
2: that. It's
0: so here's here's my um kind of secret shame. If something mm-hmm. isn't in uh, specifically in like these games, if something isn't in a uh, a subtitle, it's hard for me to like pick it out. So like I yeah. understand that they are screaming, and I catch kind of the valence of their expression.
2: I didn't hear them say a slur. So yeah, they 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 call things they call things poofs. And on the wiki, the the you know fandom, uh, and this could have been on TV drop some some place where fans uh, make guesses mm-hmm. about things. We're saying that this this is possibly closeted. And the idea mm-hmm. of getting all spliced up is why he's, it's, it's all going into overdrive. It's taking this thing that oh, he was anyway. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of pushing it, pushing it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the, these things are are generally tough. Like it's always kind of a big deal when they show up mm-hmm. I'm a mini boss, but this arena, this fishbowl diner, as you mentioned, is such a good arena for them because there's <laughs> a, a camera that is high enough up that, uh, enemies are unlikely to destroy it. Uh huh. And hacking a camera is great because it will send friendly turrets to you. <laughs> yep. So you, so you can have a uh, you can have your own kind of turrets, and then you can have uh, this send more turrets mm-hmm. uh, towards the enemy, and because you can kind of like hide out in the diner yeah. as well, or hide out in the roof. There's a turret on the roof. I love uh, that turret on
0: the roof. Yeah, I was just yeah. like luring people up. Like that's how I took down took down the big daddy up here. actually. Yeah. was yep. I would I would lure him up to the top, uh, run him past the turret, drop down, make him follow me down, and then just lure him up and run past again.
2: Because this is a uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is this a, the uh, the second type of Big Daddy that we introduced here? I can't introduced remember. Or is it still the first one. Yeah, they start introducing uh, the second type of uh, Big Daddies pretty soon. Yeah, which are the the range combat. Yeah, so they have
0: the they they have the Rosies as well. Um, the range <laughs> combat one specifically, like they uh, they have a gun. They have a launcher that will shoot uh, mini turrets.
2: Yes, which is which is a big deal. Awesome when you get it, but up yeah. until that point. Yeah. No. Um. So we have to get that research camera. Um. They say, hey, there's probably a good ch- good chance that the pawn shop mm-hmm. uh, has one. So you need to kind of make your way through the these uh kind of hallways and and different buildings. You know, you're going through businesses. Yeah. I think you have to go through a medical office, um, up to the roof, across some like boards, to another roof to fall down into the uh the the pawn shop where you get this research camera. Yeah. Uh, they do a little tutorial. They show, like, a splicer on the other side of the window where you can clearly click them. Mm-hmm. Um, the way this works is you click them. It gives you this, like, rolls film. Mm-hmm. While you're rolling, everything you do kind of increases the research value of this until it dies. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, and if you take too long to kill them, then, you know, you have, to, you have to re-up. You have to do it again. I don't think you can do it with the same one. I ended up having to fight a second brute uh, mm. to get the attack that I need. The attack you get is super good. I mentioned it before, but the drill dash, you know, it's the one ability that you kind of have to get to, uh, to mm-hmm. clear forward. But it's also like a stalwart. Like, it's an instant kill kind of finisher. As long as you have um, drill fuel, you want to be doing this all the time.
2: Yeah. Yep. And drill fuel is fairly common. Yeah. Um, Although, you know, these things that were kind of basic Bioshock things that we talked about in the first one that we haven't mentioned specifically here. are um, they're, they're vending machines are uh, uh, ammo banditos uh, about <laughs> um circus of values all that stuff and God, the uh circus of value is so good I, the circus of values all the sound effects stuff like the little song the garden gardeners gar- uh garden gatherers garden gatherer's the gardener's garden the gardener's <laughs> garden he's a real gardener's garden they, they, you know they know sell tautologies there yeah the, the, <laughs> um, but the uh all that stuff i love yeah like i love the circus of values voice i like i even like the ammo bandito even though it's kind of racist i mean yeah uh, <laughs> but the the actual like sound effect of it i like
0: no refunds
2: no returns yep 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 <laughs> uh, but you 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 want to hack all these things so you can get all this stuff um and kind of stay in in high supply yeah i uh, hear you can keep that drill fuel going for that drill dash which i also use quite a bit yeah yeah um so holloway we didn't really talk about
0: her she's kind of talking to you and she uh you have history with her yeah um, it keeps on your tin daddy hey yes. tin daddy tin daddy and you know she has kind of a misconception about you or a kind of an outdated one, right? You know, she talks about how you are mindless. You know, Lamb has Lamb has kind of sold her on this idea of you as a monster, which is reasonable because every other big daddy is, you know, just a product of its programming, right? Yes. You are yeah.
2: something different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we make our way, uh, to this, this hotel, which has a, a bunch of kind of little combat arenas and we're introduced to spider splicers, <laughs> uh, in the hotel, which are really cool. Uh, these are big lanky boys,
1: yep.
2: um, who can crab walk on walls and ceilings Yeah. and they throw, uh, these hooks at you, <laughs> um, here. So, uh, these guys kind of function as big deals, at least initially yep. as well. Like this is, uh, these, they all kind of feel like mini bosses, like the actual, curve of difficulty in this, the kind of ramp is really good, yes, um as they start like introducing these new monsters and mixing and matching them,
0: yeah, um, uh, here, and this hotel is a great place to introduce them too, because it's not often that you're operating with a real ceiling or with mm-hmm. like a multi floor thing like you know there are a lot of like mezzanines in this hotel where you know they 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 kind of use the vertical space in the arena to very good effect,
2: yes, yeah, um, so when we head up here, we find out um you know, we get the completion of, of Holloway's uh, story where she was kind of taking care of Eleanor for, for lamb. And uh, she's kind of like a surrogate mother. Right. And, you know, again, things that you just uh, stole her. Um, she used to be a singer. Yeah. Uh, which find out people stopped going to see, you mm-hmm. know, Sierra. And then you can go to the actual jazz club where you don't have to, mm-hmm. you can go to the jazz club where she played yeah. and, uh, and just find out about this. which is cool. Uh, but when you get there, she kind of explains uh, what happened, what's happening.
0: Right. You know, yeah. Eleanor just, you know, just disappeared. And then, you know, Holloway was walking down the street, saw Eleanor, she was little sisterized. Holloway tried to take her, you know, to rescue her from this terrible fate and Delta broke her jaw.
2: Yeah. You were, you were just being a, being a big daddy, Yeah, you know, as you do. Um, and you have this choice, like she's in the same room. Do you spare her or do you kill her? You know? Um, and uh, I, I spared, I did the, the full, you know, full white hand, uh, playthrough of this, mm-hmm. um, you spare her and she reaches out to you after a little while and she says, like, hey, you know, people have been saying that you're an unthinking beast this whole time. Uh, you know, maybe you're not. Right. And uh, you know, Sophia's playing an ambush, here's some here's some help. And she sends you a couple of uh, bonus drones. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh which eases your way out. It doesn't stop the
0: ambush, but it gives you a little bit of an asset. Um mm-hmm. and just I like the idea of like you know contradicting lamb because you know lamb is as much as much of a hypocrite maybe even more of a hypocrite than ryan was so going yeah. around and just kind of disproving her works is very satisfying absolutely So having spared Holloway, at least in our playthrough, and uh having gone through the ambush, the lockdown is over with, and we can head to Siren Alley, which is kind of this combination uh like mid-scale shopping district and also the red light district. Yes.
2: <clears throat> yeah, it's also where uh yeah, where there were was sex <laughs> going on. It is where <laughs> sex happened. It's where all the it's where they kept all the sex. It's where yeah. They, hey, who ate all the sex?
1: Um <laughs> Was, I, was saving was that for later.
2: I was saving that for marriage. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you kind of arrive here and this very Irish sounding guy uh, comes over the radio showing that that did not die with uh, with Atlas. Uh, yeah. Saying like, hey, you're never going to reach the garden of the Lamb of God. Uh, the train is kind of attacked and you are sucked out into the sea.
2: Yes. Yep. So we do another one of these little kind of like short lyrical uh, sea walking segments, and make our way into uh, the actual district yes. here, which was the Red Light District, and has also changed into this kind of like religion kind of thing. You know, everything that Ryan uh, is against, uh, Sophia Lamb is kind of putting into place. Yes. So uh, Father Wales is the person who controls this 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 zone uh-huh. and uh, kind of handles the churchy aspect of the family. Yes. Uh, And he has spliced himself up something fierce. He's like a mega spider splicer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to uh, have to get to that, get to him to flip a switch. Like you have to, you know, I can't remember what it is. You have to like adjust the regulation of the pressure valve or yeah, yeah. essentially upload the data. You know, like it it doesn't really matter. You have to, you have to go, uh, you know, you have to, you have to get through. So like Sinclair is
0: trapped in the, you know, he's trapped in the train car. Uh, kind of, like, between Siren, I, uh, Siren Alley and Di- Dionysus Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to get through Siren Alley to get out the other side to get to the place where you can kind of, like, like drain the tunnel he's in or something.
2: Like Gary yeah. said,
0: it's just, just data.
2: <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a plot. It's a plot button. Yeah. They have to press. Mostly it's just here to be in this awesome, like, two-story kind of catwalk. Uh, build, you know, going buildings that uh, dip in and out of each other with crumbled walls and different yeah. passageways and stuff. It's like being in a big secrets mall. And, yeah, to be in a mall, mall. like, like exactly. an old west
0: themed mall.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, which is a really fun environment, and there are a lot of the little uh, kind of diverticula that you go into that are pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the uh, the bar that you go into that has the um, the two paintings that fall down that have turrets. Yep, <laughs> behind them uh, on the second floor. That's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's good shit. Lots of little shops,
0: uh, storefronts, and things like. I'm I'm going to be down for that. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm more interested in. And like weirdly they get like the, the consumer culture of rapture and then, like the high society part of it. So this yes. is this is fun uh to walk around and then you know to see the way that uh things go. And having this kind of two layer uh level is uh is is interesting from like a geometry of play uh, uh aspect. Also Absolutely. fun, this is where I got my favorite plasmid, uh the security uh manipulation one where you where you throw the blue goo balls uh to direct the uh the, 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 the drones, right?
2: For me, this, this one isn't actually that useful oh. uh, because I I always, almost always had security on my side anyway. Oh yeah. So if, if somebody got saw by a camera, um, you know, it would send this, this will kind of direct them a little bit more, uh, you know, directly mm-hmm. and it can help if you can't get to the thing you could hack. But I had everything hacked that could be hacked, <laughs> um, at all times. So like there are a couple of edge cases where this was very useful, but I didn't use it all that often. This was good for me to create breathing room, to hack the things that I needed to hack. Mm. Yeah, I could I could see that for sure. Yeah, Um, we didn't talk about it. You also uh, at some point before this get hypnosis, uh-huh. uh, which operates largely the same um, as the old one. You can only hip, uh, hypnotize regular splicers, but that can be significant if you can grab a spider uh, splicer. Mm-hmm. And then later you can upgrade it to, um, you know, do do big daddies and uh, the brute splicers, <laughs> which is awesome. And then you can also do one where it'll allow you to charm somebody permanently. Yeah. Uh, so they'll stay with you. So, again, you can roll deep like you can <laughs> walk around with two robots and and a splicer with you, uh, pretty easily. Yeah.
0: yeah, Um. So you're headed to Simon Wales's temple, which is down in the pump rooms. Again, kind of showing the idea that Lamb's revolution and this kind of cropping up of things that Ryan hates happened <clears throat> in kind of the blue collar um, or low to middle class areas of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to find Daniel Wales, uh, the brother of Simon Wales, who's a little bit less pious, right? He runs this brothel, which has, uh. I mean, it's it's definitely a brothel name, but it's a little bit gross. The Pink Pearl—that definitely sounds like a clit. Yeah, but you gotta go. Uh, that's the idea. Gotta head no. up to the clit and kill Dan.
2: Yep, <laughs> you gotta kill Dan. <laughs> the, uh... He's hanging out. Usually hanging out around the clit. Yeah, p- Pink Pearl is definitely like a romance novel <laughs> euphemism. You know, <laughs> like and then and then my Pink Pearl shuddered, et cetera. Et cetera. Like <laughs> of, that's what it sounds like to me. One
0: of one of my favorites. I love uh, the blog Liar Town. You know, mm-hmm. one of my favorite yeah. things, I've got like just a like bad romance novels. Uh, one of them, just uh, the title is The Dusky Pearls of Calcutta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I, I like that quite a bit. Yeah. That's good. Yeah.
0: Pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, this is where you have to go. Uh, it's a short sidetrack kind of through this intricate area. The brothel is a big, big level.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah Um, as you kind of go through, and there you get to see, um, lots of cool little scenes. Again, you, there's a place where you can get a, uh, a, a plasmid or a safe by, uh, going through different peep, you know, peep rooms. Yep. Little Nickelodeons. Yeah. Um, You get, there's an audio dialogue of somebody who is trying to get his, this girl he's with to splice up while they're having sex. Yeah. (laughs) You know, again, just really underlying this drug. You know, this is a drug. Like these are, these are, these are addicts. These are junkies. Yeah. Um, Pretty neat. Uh, Eventually, you know, you get this, get this code uh, from there um, to get to this, this temple in this, this pump room. Uh, essentially. And when you do uh, Simon cuts the power and you have to fight off all these waves yeah. of enemies, this is this for me, weirdly enough was the hardest fight in the game. Uh-huh. Uh, this hit the balance point of me not having being super overpowered or optimized and being a really, you know, enough, you know, I was drained enough getting here, uh, doing all the, uh, the big sisters and all the, drain yeah, the, the sucks uh-huh. uh, that you do on the way. And, uh, just ended up this being very difficult for me. Yeah. This is, you know,
0: a little bit before you start getting kind of your full vocabulary of area preparation stuff. Like you yes. don't have your launcher yet, so you can't set the proximity bombs. You don't have the spear gun, or if you do,
2: you don't have the ammo that lets you set the traps. You don't you know, have like... the trap ammo. You do have the turrets uh, yeah. at this point, but I always, uh, that was like the most valuable item uh-huh. for me. Cause I, I use those quite a bit for any, uh, harvesting. Okay. Yeah. So the uh you know, I oftentimes was low on on turret ammo. Yeah.
0: So um I, I believe you do get the spear gun somewhere around here. I hate the spear gun.
2: Yeah, the spear gun's not very useful. It's no. a sniper rifle, is yeah. the idea behind it. And uh it's just rare that you need to snipe. Uh huh. In this game you can. Um and it's satisfying to like crucify somebody. Like you send them towards the wall and pin them to the wall. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. It's yeah. like the uh the gun that does that in Fallout Three. Um, it looks cool. And the trap ammo for it is actually useful. Mm-hmm. But the not, and the rocket ammo is actually awesome yeah. <laughs> uh, for it, but it ends up being very rare. Um, yeah. The rocket ammo is really cool; it sticks in the enemy, and then after a moment, goes off and kind of fires them in a direction. Yeah, it's like a, it's, it's like turning something into a bottle rocket. <laughs> yeah, really cool. But the actual main ammo for it is not does not do enough damage. Yeah, you know, and and is not super useful. You can, but again, you can spec around it. Um, there are uh, gene tonics that give you uh, more damage for headshots. Uh-huh. So my understanding is the spear ammo is actually excellent with that and headshots. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it takes a it takes a sniper rifle uh, kind of approach, and I don't think this is a very sniper rifle friendly game. At least not with my approach. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, me, me either. Yeah. Um, um, is this the level that has the theater? No, that's Dionysus Park. Okay. I like that theater quite a bit. Yes. But we'll we'll get to that. Patience. <laughs> Patience. Yeah. Patience. yeah. When are we going to get to the theater? Um, So, you know, eventually after you kill all these waves, Simon pops out Mm -hmm. and you can hit the plot button to uh, clear the tunnel. And Sophia Lam decides to kill everybody. Yep.
0: You're it. you're all going to die. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So Sophia Lam has that control and she gives absolutely no fucks. She's flooded areas before she will flood them again. She is trying to stop you to contain you. She's willing to just jettison all of this uh, because she is making a point. Uh, kind of uh, illustrating to you, rapture itself is useless. All of this can go away. It can be destroyed as long as
2: Eleanor can be birthed from it. Yes. Uh, this is when she first kind of, you start getting the hints as to what her plan are. There's a, an audio diary where she says uh, something like, we are foolish to think that uh, Utopia would precede the Utopian. Yes. You know, like uh, it is the, the perfect person will come before the perfect place. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's kind of your foreshadowing as to what she plans to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you walk out in, uh, in the water and you walk past the corpses, uh, that they're floating in, you know, suspended in water. Yes. Uh, as you slowly walk past this level that you've gotten to know really well, it's a really effective <laughs> sequence. Yeah. I uh, hear it's hard for me to care too much about the people who died here. You know, they're all, they're all <laughs> slicers, but it looks really great. It's a, it's a really visually arresting. Yeah. It's,
0: it's funny because the idea that this place is flooding and like, it should be this huge catastrophe. And for most of the people it is, it's not really that big of a problem for you. Like you can yes. happen. So like you're just walking in
2: the middle of this, you know, kind of cataclysm. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. um, this is also, it's just worth noting just to make sure we catch all of them. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause I pulled pull up a list. This is the, uh, the first, uh, gathers garden that has access to a lot of the different, uh, plasmids that are optional. Oh yeah. You could buy So we should probably just do a quick couple moments to talk about them. Uh, yes. because they, they can be interesting. Some yeah. of them are not. Some of them are. Yeah. Um, so as far as stuff that was used, um, so I mostly used Electrobolt um, and uh, Hypnotize, mm-hmm. uh, which I used quite a bit. And I ended up using um, Cyclone Trap a lot. Cyclone Trap uh, is very good. Yeah, uh, which uh, kind of gives you little sections on the floor that will throw uh, Spicers up in the air, mm-hmm. usually killing them. Uh, not often for the big ones, but it will it will stop even big enemies. Yeah, it'll hold them uh, there. Like
0: you throw it at a choke point, and it will suspend people either to buy you time to address people who got through, or
2: to you know give you time to take them out while they're incapacitated. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the third level, um, when it gets upgraded, you can uh, do elemental traps. Uh, or the second level, you can do elemental traps. On the third level, you can put them on walls and ceilings. Yeah. Uh, so this ends up being inc- very very useful. Yeah.
0: Um, I w- desperately want to love the insect swarm. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but
2: I, yeah, I, I don't. I used it a little bit because I had tons of extra atom. Yeah. You know, so I'd throw it around a little bit, but it's not actually that useful.
0: No, no, because I mean, pretty much all of your elemental um, uh, plasmids put people into a panic or incapacitate them in some way. And the insect swarm is like damage over time, uh, but the immediate benefit
2: is that it distracts people, right? Yes. Yep. Um it, the final upgrade for it is really cool where they essentially become blood flies <laughs> uh from Dishonor two. Like their bodies become nests that their bodies become traps. Yeah. Uh so at third level it's actually really good, but that's a lot of upgrading. Yeah. Um Scout I never ended up using because it wasn't that useful to scout ahead. It's not that much like the, this, yeah. you know,
0: even though this is like it follows from the vent crawler kind of uh uh you know lineage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh it's not really a game where you want to skulk that much,
2: or at least I don't no. when I play it, right? Yeah, there's not a lot of stealth to it. Like, yeah. there's very limited stealth. Um, once you get that natural camouflage, you know, and with Scout, you can do a little bit of that. Uh, but for the most part, I just, I, I still moved very carefully, but I moved forward. Yeah. You know, all the time. So I didn't end up using Scout, even though it sounded uh, cool. Um, and then uh, as far as stuff we haven't talked about, a decoy is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up putting points into that because I had extra points. Yeah. And uh, the the final upgrade for it, um, when enemies attack it, they get hurt and it heals you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really useful. Yeah. Like getting some regen during a long fight, especially during those gathers or those harvests. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, of those, the one that I used most was a uh, cyclone trap. Yeah. Cyclone trap, uh shock, and then kind of a rotating third one was, was most of what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we, we can make our way now to uh, Dionysus park. Yes. Uh, which I, you know, this is, I think you earlier talked about uh, this being like, this is, uh, this level is too big. Yep. Um, and the layout of it is a little bit annoying. Like there are great set pieces in it. Oh yeah, um, the, it's, fr- the frozen zone, the theater, like it has some of my favorite set pieces in the game. But it's a little
0: long. It's very so. It's very diverse. It is too long. Um, and like, you know, like the like it's something that this series does is like, oh, go go do three of a thing. <laughs> Here it feels laborious. Like I, the, 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 there's something about it, like. You know, the, your 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 main mission is to go find these. You know, th- basically get three little sisters, which you're gonna want to do anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're, it's just big. It's like a it's
2: like a clearinghouse of concepts almost. And and making you do go get the three little sisters here, forcing it uh, feels kind of bad. Yeah. Here, like I was gonna do it anyway, but it feels like if they were gonna make you do it, they could have done that earlier
1: mm-hmm.
2: as part of a kind of a tutorializing. Yeah. Um, this definitely feels a little bit like it's a different team. Yeah, To me, as far as the flow goes, it's hard to say that this environment was designed by the same people who did Popper's Drop. Yeah, You know, as far as just the way these rooms connect together mm-hmm. and such. Like, it's a little confusing. Like, I actually had to use the map Yeah, in uh, Dionysus Park. Like, again, plenty of things to like. Uh-huh. Like, it is not a bad level, but it is a little bit uh, bloated.
0: It, it feels like just like a big, heavy load sitting in the middle of a game, causing it to bow downward a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Now, the pacing suffers a little bit. But, uh, yeah, let's get into it because there are there are cool things for sure. Yes. So this was kind of like a lamb stomping grounds. This was her area that she was giving control over. Um, <laughs> yep. When you come and, down to Raptor, you get a
2: zone. Yep. Everybody gets a zone. <laughs> so you get uh, Cole's Corners, and they would just be the, the section where you, like, hang out. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I hang out.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's one thing Cole does. <laughs> There's one thing we know about Cole um, is always hanging. Cole's um, the yeah. Uh no, but like the, like this is kind of like an artist commune almost that is set up. Ryan hates it because in, in, in his conception, all art must be kind of like monumental or monolithic. Yeah. Like he has no
2: he has no patience for anything but representative art. Yeah. And there's a lot of abstract art going on here. Yeah. Uh which is here. And and uh you know, this is kind of where we're starting to learn about the uh the fight between Lamb and Ryan coming to a head. I think we've already had the um the audio logs of the debates. Yeah. Uh, but I love that just, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff we're kind of glossing over because of the function of the show and you can read this stuff, uh, you can play the game, of course yeah. you can also read it all on a wiki. Uh, but I love how gradually it happened. Like he invited this person, he was unsure about it uh-huh. and he was right. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was a thing that, uh, you know, it wasn't ultimately his downfall. You were in the first game, Yeah. but it was a, a big thing of it, this spiraling out of control for him. so much so that like there were public debates and that's such a dickhead libertarian move (laughs) to be like you know like like debate me literally debate me and he loses you know you can hear just the applause meter going off for lamb Uh because of course people want yeah you know like uh, being told like no you're actually all part of a family like this is all we can rise together we can you know my and this is you know obviously my individual leanings are closer to collectivist than than libertarianism Same. yeah but it, it it just sounds better to the the populace you know yeah, like hey like, you're, like, you're in this coffin at the bottom of the sea like you know <laughs> you you live in poverty like you left the surface to come live in poverty in like a a, a aqua coffin <laughs> you know yeah. what's going to sound better yeah and you know
0: like lamb is an expression of the appeal of populism you know mm-hmm. in in a much more elegant way than the Vox populi was I mean, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to reach lower, but like, it's notable that they, that they explored this idea and the way that they made that successful was to make one game all about that, you know, that other side of it. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it also, it, it, it is weird. It is, it is, it is a decidedly pre 2016 notion to make, uh, the left-leaning side of it, the more populist angle of it, as opposed yes. to, like, the super, like, right-leaning, um, you know,
2: populism that we've gotten, you know, in, in the time. Yeah, sense. right, right. Yeah. The, those things have switched. Yeah. In, in, in a weird way that I, I did not expect. No, no. Yeah. Uh, and if I could, you know, no one expected it. And if you did <laughs> expect it, why didn't you fix it? Um, <laughs> you, the, why didn't you change it? The, um, <laughs> you could have avoided it all. You had the power. Oh, you're you a monster. Um,
0: <laughs> but, yeah, this is, this is uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, again, where Lamb kind of had her roost, as, you know, mm-hmm. lambs do. They roost. Um, yes. Also, uh, this place has been flooded. Like, yeah. this is the most overgrown area. Like, you have
2: drained this place and unearthed a bunch of secrets. Yeah, it, look, it looks really cool, you know, full of these uh, underwater sea plants and, and stuff. Um, looks very neat. Uh, this is also where you're introduced to the enemy, the Houdini Splicer. <laughs> uh, which are uh splicers that can throw fireballs and teleport around yeah returning from the first game i love like that gathering red smoke well and i love that there's a that's a research bonus like uh-huh. making that easier to predict like yeah. you can see which direction they teleport towards and that gathering red smoke happens slower when you research them yeah so it's a really interesting you know this game does a great job of giving you upgrades that are not 0.23 frost damage mm-hmm. right like Being able to see, better predict where they go is really more imaginative than just added damage or better defense. Yes. Which I feel like would be current game trends would would go towards something like that, like a static numerical upgrade like that. Yeah. This is much more interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the Houdini
0: splicers return. It is a very good concept for an enemy. I love in the next area. I don't want to borrow too much heat from that. I love that you learn where they came from.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you, you learn what their life is like.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty great. And uh, they do they do interesting things with these in uh, in the DLC where they introduce the elemental splicers. Nice. These guys are interesting. So look forward to that. That's not <laughs> a spoiler that the uh, it's not a big deal. Um, so you kind of uh, go through here. We get a, a little audio log of this little boy who like f- kind of cute fell in love with a little oh, sister. That's so sweet.
0: Yeah, it's very sweet. <laughs> it was like it's like the, the audio log is titled to the yellow eyed girl. Yeah. Um. And he's like, you know, it's it's like a little kid, you know, obviously like reading something, reading something into the tape recorder that he wrote out, like a love letter, like, oh, I loved you and I made you a gift and I left it for you. You know, it gives you the key. This kid definitely died in the flood. Yeah, he's he's one thousand percent dead. Yeah. You know? uh, you know. But you, if you follow, if you follow the instructions, you go there and get it, thinking like, ah, oh, this is going to be a big treasure. No, it's just a single dead
2: rose. Yeah, you fi- you're you're following the instructions meant for the little kids, and you're getting something that a little girl would send you know yeah um so very good or a little boy would send very you good. a little girl a little boy yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. super um, good so kind of your main author in this area is stanley pool uh so he you know is is set up like you know as this, this kind of turncoat uh immediately he's a journalist he who has kind of insinuating himself into lamb's uh kind of orbit right uh mm-hmm. but mostly so he can kind of blow up her spot uh write right an expose that will uh you know undermine her maybe not so much for Ryan, but for the highest payer. Um, yeah. But yeah, Stanley pool, he's holed up in this uh, train station security booth. He's basically holding your sole means of transportation hostage because yep. he wants you to go find three little sisters. And this introduces the idea that Adam is not just this, you know, um, it's not this gooey that lets you, you know, that re- lets you rewrite your genome. It also contains the memories and kind of knowledge of the people who held it. Right. Yes. You know, Usually, only little sisters can use it. But Lamb, if she gets a hold of this, this of this particular atom, um, you know, can read it and figure out exactly what he did.
2: Which oh, obviously uh, he cannot have. No, no, because she still has control. He he thinks he sees which way the wind is blowing. Yeah, uh, and you know, kind of betting against you mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like you're not going to succeed against Lamb. No. You know, I have to still keep her keep her happy. Um, and this introduced the kind of concept during this level is as you are gradually as you uncover this stuff you learn more about this guy yes essentially and uh this game this level as much as it does kind of drag it does a lot an interesting thing where um you learn about this guy's crimes from eleanor yeah um in your head at the same time he starts giving you information about your backside yeah or your backstory <laughs> just just like, it, yeah it's, kind of round it's a big got you donk donk, yeah <laughs> big big badonkadonk there's a part in the middle you don't want to get close to like it, it's, it's this whole thing um, full you're, you're, you're surprises a, Yeah, it's full of surprises. It's like a pinata, the, um, but he starts giving you stories about uh, giving you information about your backstory. So you're kind of torn. Like I want to know more about myself uh-huh. before I turn into this. Also, you seem like a piece of shit uh, and it's, it's pretty neat how this yeah. kind of articulates for sure. Um, I also
0: like the, the origin of Delta, you know, yeah. like we never, as far as I know, we don't actually learn Delta's real name. No, uh, no, his, his nickname his nickname is Johnny Topside. Uh, he didn't come down here voluntarily. He came down here voluntarily, but it was by accident. Um, he he was a deep sea diver who just kind of like stumbled on it.
2: And Ryan, but he was he was investigating, um, like essentially the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. Like things were disappearing around here and he was like actually looking into it. Okay, cool. So again, like this game uh, answers that question where they have like, hey, nobody's actually just going to be fine with this from the <laughs> real world. Like we don't, we don't allow a secret, you know, yeah, there's not going to yeah. be a sovereign nation in the middle of the ocean. Like, so, you know, when we have, uh, we have like people like Metzler and then we have people like uh, Johnny Topside, mm-hmm. like actually working to figure out what's going on. Okay,
0: cool. So it wasn't as like hapless as it came Yeah, across.
2: Like It wasn't so much an accident, but you did, shoot, he got integrated, like he got invited in. And was like a minor celebrity. Yeah. Uh, But Ryan thought he was a Fed. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, thought he was a spy and put him in a jail, which we'll be visiting later. Yeah. And that's where you kind of got taken out and experimented upon. Yes. Uh, Basically, rented out to have your entire genetic code, uh, you know, be commercialized. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um so you're you're gathering up your sisters. This has these, these kind of set pieces that are all pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um the, the theater is my favorite one. Oh yeah. Uh, they... <laughs> because it's it's like to scale. It's, it's a huge movie theater with a with a a balcony and uh, you know, yeah. uh you know, projection area. Like it, it's it's kinda kinda of got everything.
0: Yeah. I love uh the harvests that are in the cinema. Um like the the fact that you have one that's down on the floor and then one that's up on the balcony, like those play very, very differently from each other. Yes.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um and you know the splicers they they are not intelligent. Like they're not necessarily using the um the, the seats and stuff as cover, but it kind of functions as such. Yeah. In a cool way.
0: Yeah. Um there's a there's a gallery, which isn't which isn't that great, but the but but off the gallery is this uh,
2: uh kind of ice sculpture area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the I like the I love the ice zone in this. <laughs> it's one of the greatest concentrations of security devices. <laughs> uh as you go kind of this hallway. Every, like every single ca- every single corner has a camera in it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um pretty great. Yeah. Uh but you know, again, it just it is a long chapter. Yeah. Uh so you do that. So you find and rescue the sisters. You have to rescue them all, or grab them all, um, do harvest for all of them. You know, you fight your big sister, mm-hmm. etc. Um and Eleanor tells you that that secret half of, of pool pool essentially, like Lamb was carted away to jail. Eventually, Ryan's principles, like his paranoia, outrode his principles, like yes. in, his ego, right? Like, this person's winning debates. This person's going to sour everything. They're going to ruin the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, you're free to expose whatever idea you want. haha, libertarianism. But <laughs> actually go to jail. Yes. because
0: you know, So he, he sends her away to jail. Which, you know, and striking her down makes her more powerful than anybody can ever imagine. Sorry That's to true. do this the, the Star Wars thing, but like it is being sent to jail that like martyrs her essentially. Yes. And lets her kind of consolidate her powers. Right.
2: Yeah. Um and Pool starts uh, kind of takes over yeah. at this point and just runs it as a bacchanal. Yeah. Um starts kind of taking advantage. Um Eleanor says, like, hey, you know, this isn't cool. Uh so he kidnapped her and sold her to an orphanage. Yep. So he is the reason why she was turned into a little sister. Yep. Uh
0: and he was also uh the reason that you got thrown into the prison. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So he got you sent into the prison. Uh did that and also flooded the district and killed tons of people. Yep. In order to, to uh, in order to hide tracks. his crimes. Yeah. Yes. So you know, enormity, like ton, tons of shit this guy's done. He's a, he's probably out of the people you deal with the worst one. Yes. Uh kind of by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh <laughs> So So, like
0: you, you, you learn that last part, you know, you, you learn the last part, like, yes, he is responsible specifically for the misfortune and misery of yourself and Eleanor, um, because lamb comes over the PA and reveals it. right. You learned that he flooded this district and stuff from the, you know, from, from from
2: the memories from the Adam. Um, but she, you know, wants you to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's up to you, whether you, whether you do it or not, you know, lamb wants you to, you know, again, like, Hey, be the thing I think you are. Right. You know, and and the thing that for my entire kind of moral outlook to work, you have to be this thing. You have to be a monster to justify everything I want to do and everything I have done. Uh, and I, you know, chose not to be the monster. And again, I was playing purely white hat, even though I think this guy does kind of deserve it. Uh, yeah. The hard part about killing him is he cowers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's you know he he turns into a real sniveling little uh little baby about it. it.
0: It's very fun because you want to explore that booth to get a to get an audio log, and he's just like mm-hmm. there, like holding his arms over
2: his head yeah, yeah. I, I just i just need to get in this locker and eat the twinkie out of it my friend <laughs> like you just give me a second i gotta eat these chippies and then then i'll let you go yeah yeah um i chose to spare him,
0: like like just whatever he's gonna die anyway because we're at the bottom of the ocean um but also tragedy has many authors like yes he took actions that killed a lot of people he fucked me over but like he was acting in reaction to the incentives that were placed out like there was no reason for him not to
2: do it so That's how you get ahead in, the, in this this shitty world yeah yeah um, yeah so uh, after you after you take care of him you get you can get on the train you can head over to Fontaine Futuristics. Yes, which is the end of the line at least for the train hello. Right
0: And we get to see like, like this is where Fontaine worked. Like this is you know where. We, well, we, we get the audio log where F- Fontaine becomes Atlas. Like he he, he Where he's practicing whole... it? Yep. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> he just passes his hand over his face and then goes from "I'm a guy here." Oh boy, I
2: gotta go, I gotta go. I yeah, and 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 I today. Um, <laughs> switching between his two modal, modal forms there. Um, and we also, this is where we learn what Lam's, uh, kind of disappointingly sci-fi esque plan is.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Where, like she, you know, she's just, she's just ends up being a mad woman. Uh, and that is not super interesting, but again, the game isn't really about it. No, no. You know, uh, Fontaine turned himself into a, you know, a big dumb elemental golem at the end. Like this is also not good. Right. Like, what's right. happen. And, uh, three didn't even bother <laughs> doing that. So like the, uh, you know, th- three has an end fight against, uh, you know, some, some gunships. Yeah, because it, it, you know, it's not something the series is good at. No, uh-huh. no. But at least this sets up a peril for a character that you care about. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And justifies it. You know, it's, it's outlandish, but it justifies it. And yeah. when they say outlandish before he goes, Oh, you're in an, you know, a city at the bottom of the sea, of course it's outlandish. I mean like extra internally. Yes. It still feels outlandish. It feels more outsized than it, the the premise which is very grounded weirdly enough yeah like, so so weirdly enough like i like adam as kind of this
0: mysterious element uh it's like 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 the element zero in mass effect like as long as you don't look too closely at it and then just focus on what it enables it's fine mm. this plot twist or this kind of like plot mechanic um is way too much about kind of the inherent qualities of this thing that is ridiculous right yes and what, what is, can't it do it is is incredibly inhuman, so what she's doing is she is forcing Adam into Eleanor in order to fill her up with all of the memories of rapture, um figuring that this will turn her into some kind of saint,
2: yes, like uh you know having her be again the first utopian, yeah, like we're we're gonna turn her into this like kind of perfect being, and that will and then step two uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then step three, like paradise on earth,
0: right, right you know by
2: having all the powers and memories and and abilities of everyone. Yeah. You know, the ultimate collective person.
0: And this is like, to me, this is patently ridiculous. And it seems a little bit strange for a lamb to want to do because, you know, again, because I'm a little bit closer to lamb than Ryan, like anybody who would want to go to Rapture, like I would not want any of their values. They're
2: dog eaters. Yeah. Like, why
0: why would you want to fill your little girl with like the the memories and
2: values of all these dog eaters? Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, it's pretty stupid. And it, it's Sinclair tells you a lot about it. So it, it's told in this like, you know, in this Southern, this mint julep voice. And it just ends up being pretty ludicrous. Yeah. Just like, here's the thing, sport. She plans on stuffing that child full of everyone's memories and making them, making her a utopian. Now, don't that beat all. However, you can stop her if you, and it's just like, this is fucking weird. And video games, like just somebody pop it, teleporting behind me and watching me watch that scene as I'm like, dutifully digging through lockers as you know uh the guy who looks like francis from peewee's or it looks like uh, otho from beetlejuice and sounds like a senator is telling me about somebody drinking the memories of enough people to become a god like <laughs> fucking video games dude <laughs> the funniest
0: the funniest thing about what you just said was sound like a senator
2: yeah. <laughs> oh fuck <Yeah. laughs> but but this level is awesome it's great uh, because of the uh, the antagonist for this level um, which is actually like different and weird and actually changes the gameplay as well Uh Um, so this is actually presided over by gil alexander somebody who we knew uh, from way back in the win early uh, uh, audio logs who worked for fontaine uh, there and uh, now he's known as alexander the great (laughs) Um, he's the person who made the big daddy alpha models yes Uh, And initially um, he was going to receive this. He was going to be the uh, receptacle, the first utopian, but instead uh, he went insane and has now being controlled by a a bot with a screen in like old world blues style.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he's like following you around. Um, This whole area is gated by voice locks. There's one particular voice lock that you can't get into because he just hovers by there. And every time you try to use uh, one of his audio logs to open it up, he just sings. Yeah, he he throws it off. It's really cute. Yeah, it's super good. Um, And it's great because like you are, you know, while you are getting the completely unhinged, insane, Adam zombie version of Gil- Alexander the Great, you are kind of also seeing the recorded in case of emergency, I need you to kill me version of gill from the
1: yes past.
2: Yeah, yeah 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 it's really neat like the the uh the kind of duality of that yeah um also this environment's really cool i love this as a commercial like this is where they're doing like plasma displays this is yeah. where this idea was sold to the populace yeah um, uh and you get to find out like you did that like you were <laughs> part of that you were a display model to to kind of teach uh to kind of sell these items
0: yeah um and this is also like entirely stage managed like everything is a front the real lab is below and it's far more grisly than what yeah. the public got to see by coming into Fontaine Futuristics. Like, the public would come in, they would go to the theater and watch the crazy arena battles as you, you know, as Johnny Topside, uh, too spliced up to even walk around on your own, fought all these people off. The real horrors were happening, you know, <laughs> below the surface, below the surface.
2: Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, also, a new enemy is introduced here, the Alpha yep. series, um, which are very quick, uh, kind of big daddies. Like, very quick, very tough, like, pretty tough. Fights, Yeah, uh, that they have, um, you know, they, they kind of like more or less rush you. There's not a whole lot to them tactically. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing is they end up being the biggest threat in the room and they do mix ups with them. So these things while you're dealing with like two Houdini splicers is pretty rough.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they can kind of plink you while you're fighting the main main enemy. Yeah. Um, and then, like this entire time, it cannot
0: be underlined enough that you are being harassed by Alexander the Great, who is flitting around and basically being like a cartoon version of a, of an executive. Like, yes, and you know, yeah. when when a splicer disappoints them, when it disappoints him, he fires them.
2: Yes, he, by which it means he sets them on fire, <laughs> and then writes word "fired" with his laser yep. from beneath his thing. Um, the fact that he is kind of dealing with these traps with you and stuff too, like when I say it changes the makeup of the fight or the makeup of the combat, you fight a lot more security systems mm-hmm. in this. Like they're just kind of bots that will come around. Like we've always had, um, you know, splicers that could control bots. They'll walk around with a bot, kind of. on They're not on a leash, but they they're kind of like uh, escort them. Right. But there are a lot more of those. Yeah. Um, Which you can turn to your advantage because this is a good game that has a lot of player expression. (laughs) So you can do a lot of, like, hacking those from a distance or using security uh, target or anything like that to kind of use this to your advantage. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, So the main thing you're doing here, uh, he has controlled the entire security apparatus by having these repeaters put around on the bot control uh, kind of terminals. So you have to go around and um, uh, disable those uh, to Mm -hmm. kind of, like, loosen his grip on this entire area. Uh because he is not here, he is kind of projecting and
2: controlling from deep within the facility, yes, yep, uh, so you you know had to kind of make your way through here. um you get this audio log that kind of learns the origins of lamb's ascendancy, yes. uh Lamb was in prison when you killed uh, Ryan uh in the first game, or you the player did yes when jack um, killed ryan, yes, um you know, and kind of learned about uh jack's code word yep. about the would, would you kindly? Uh, thing, yep, and sees this kind of state of suggestibility that you were in um, as having escaped the self. That's yep. a like way you no to, longer have a. Yeah,
0: it, it is a way to completely circumvent people's idea, like idea of a self concept, right? Yes, in order to basically like like there's this weird kind of a parody between Lamb's plan and Alexia's plan from from Veronica.
1: Like, like, yeah,
0: Lamb wants everybody to be ants in an anthill you know, like serving the serving the greater good basically by pheromones and suggestions.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. Um, psychotic. Absolutely psychotic. Um, yeah. But this is really cool to see where the sausage is made. Yeah. You know, quite literally. And there's a huge uh, high point of this uh, that a lot of people, even people who don't like this game, like this part.
0: Yeah. The, um, uh, the, the unstable
2: teleportation plasmid? Yes. Which is an Easter egg. In the first Bioshock, there was going to be a teleportation uh-huh. uh, plasmid and they cut it. Uh, there are a couple of cut pl- plasmids, most of which got rolled into other things, mm-hmm. right? So, like, there's a, there was a speed boost plasmid, but they turned that into a gene tonic. Right. Um, There was a parasitic healing one that would heal you, but they turned that into the bug one and just made it distract. Right. Um, there was going to be a teleportation. They couldn't make it work. So it was always this kind of Easter egg. Here you can see in the marketing department where they are drawing up logos and uh, different kind of marketing materials <laughs> I love for it this. so much. It's, it's, this is amazing. Like this, (laughs) the sequence is really, really good. Um, where you try to grab it and it kind of warps and space warps and stuff. And then it leaves Uh and you kind of have to chase it around. Yep.
0: It just shows up in different parts of uh, Fontaine Futuristics. Um, until you eventually have, like corner it or it runs out of energy or whatever you grab it. Um, and it starts like, just, uh, like taking you on a tour with it. Like you're able to, you're able to hold to it as it faces. Um, yeah. you know, it shows you a couple of scenes, you get a code to an area for like a cash pickup or whatever. Um, and then the final one, um, takes you to like this completely dark void with a bunch of like frozen statue people around this gene tonic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't, you can't fight in this. This is a cutscene. Yeah, you know, essentially, um, you're just trying to. get And the Gene Tonic, I think it's like vending expert too, something it, like. It's something. Su- it's
0: it's super inconsequential. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like it's
2: the... it, it's silly, but it doesn't matter because it's cool, right? You know, as, as a thing, like I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I think it's a really really cool little sequence, and like a nice little nod to like something they weren't able to do right quite like uh yeah they didn't quite figure it out like Arcane did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So really, really cool, very memorable sequence. And just again, seeing how the sausage is made, like seeing this in all steps, like <laughs> the marketing department, their notes, like this game, we didn't really talk about it, but like this game has really, really good uh and it's a cliche to talk about this shit, but I care about it, so I will. Uh-huh. Uh environmental storytelling, yep stuff. Like you this has that uh, when I think about Or4, Or four or five one games or vent crawlers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I don't like vent crawler as a a descriptor a descriptor because it implies stealth. And implies vents. And, right. like, the two parts of that as, as a value in a type of game is, like, one, is that player expression, right? Like, is that Deus Ex, like, I can approach these problems from any angle. Uh-huh. That's important. The other part of it that I think is really important is that you're in places that feel real. um You know, other, like, uh, Mark Brown did his video and he called him an immersive sim. And some people don't like that because it's not, like, sims are already a game. Right. I get that. But this feels like you're in a place. Like, all these places feel like they have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, that's the absolute joy of the game is like just seeing this world and seeing where people shopped and where they went to the movies and where, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff is just always going to be immensely appealing to me.
0: Yeah. Like the, the like the hooks that will kind of pierce through both life and gameplay and hold them together. You know, however, yeah. tenu- however tenuously, however much it you know, might just ultimately add up to set dressing, it still lends to a sense of place. Right. And that yes. is that is the commonality that ties these that ties these together. Like. I don't think that this and System Shock share that many mechanics. They don't play that similarly. You know, this is far more combat-heavy or whatever, but that is the commonality, and that is
2: the thing that I've grown to value, right? It's it's my favorite thing about the immersive sim genre. Right. You know, when I talk about how much I love, like, Mankind Divided because it's an apartment breaking in simulator, like, <laughs> I like those apartments. I like going into somebody's apartment and seeing their story. You know, I like how these... The, the places just make sense. Yeah. You know, it's the reason it's, like, the one thing reason to recommend something like Duke Nukem 3d over doom, Uh you know, it's like, Oh, this is a place, Uh you know, this feels like a town. And that's just something ever since I played video games, that's what I, what I've wanted is like to do video game stuff in, in the real world kind Mm -hmm. of. And that that's a, that's the reason why this is an immersive sim. Yes. You know, this is, that's the reason why this counts, even though, you know, and you can say vent crawler as a thing, but it's not accurate, but it's still under that umbrella. 100%. Right. Because we're seeing like from beginning to end, like the life cycle of this, what is in this world, like a commercial product, like something that is inconsequential. And and as somebody who
0: has, you know, who spent six years working in marketing, it is great to walk into a boardroom with a bunch of like, just like brainstorm shit drawn up on a blackboard. Right. Sure.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know, or, or just as somebody who enjoys products, right? Like even if you don't never worked in it, like I love products. I love products. products. (laughs) Well, you just like, I, I consume, yeah. So it's like the idea of just like, oh, these people do too. Like it just uh-huh. feels like the real world. Yeah. Well, and you, you also know?
0: see the finished product of it so much. You see the vending machines, you see the little uh, kind of animatics that show how the plasmids are used.
2: Yes. Uh and that's just so valuable. Like it is why this this genre is so important to me. Cause even in games where that, that take place in very far out locations, like this does or like Prey does, yeah, uh, it still has that. Right. Yeah. Like Prey, it's like, oh, this is the, you know. Here's where people live and here's where they play D and D and here's the restaurant they went to. Right. You know, and that, that is just immensely valuable. Like it is really hard to go back to like a level ass level. Yeah. uh, After that, you know, and it can work, but the gameplay has to round up so much for that kind of, Uh, to be interesting to me. You have to be doom 2016. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not Doom 2016 and even then like the environments are cool. Right. But if you're not Doom 2016, it's just, I don't want to go through a hallway and do kind of like limp the, Game the, the, the other leg you have to lean on has to be so fucking strong yes yeah yep and then it goes into other types of games as mm-hmm. well you know it, it can be kind of a bummer it's a big thing why i didn't uh you know thinking about uh, metroid prime no. one of the bummers about it for me was that it was just so many like just hallways and rooms yeah you know there's never a sense of like there was a culture here like and then they tried to impart that sense i think that was a huge failure mm-hmm. you know the the constant text and the mythos about the the bird yeah. people that i that i don't care about it all, but the um, it was also there's just no sense of place to that game.
0: Right, and and like yep. it's it's super rare in like the parts that stand out at least to me. And I think that the parts that I read about you know the most in like a Metroid Prime are like oh the labs where the space pirates were doing experiments on Metroids, right? Yes, you know, and you get to see where they were doing the experiments and also like you know read and get a sense of their misadventure,
2: which is great. Yeah. you know but the for, for every one of those there's five just this is a a uh, a cylinder that you're in that has a couple <laughs> holes that enemy come out of and a couple platforms right you know who who cares about that environment who can care about being there you uh, know this lo- game lots it, of people based on our email man well that, that's that's actually true <laughs> but i just i just don't i just don't get it you know yeah. and in this game we we've glossed over tons of it but like this whole time you're like you're in people's houses you get to see where they lived. like this person barricaded up you know you walk into a room and you're like oh this person is push their couch in front of their door because when this thing happened, but here's where uh, their wall got busted in. Uh-huh. And in the next room over, there's a bunch of guns and uh, uh, supplies. Like yeah. they live next to a crazy survivalist hoarder who went crazy during the civil war and busted into their room. Yep. You know, da like it, it just takes that, that kind of stuff is just infinitely valuable, uh-huh. infinitely valuable. And it goes away in infinite, like, like halfway through, they decide to like, they just don't care about it um and it's it's not in every kind of game so like this game is is absolutely pitch perfect at that yeah um the yeah. dlc too like does a really great job of that quit
0: lording that so. over me i haven't played the dlc yet
2: i'm not lording it i just <laughs> i just mean i what i'm trying to do is just like give credit to one one i want more people to play my nervous den uh-huh uh because you know as few people have played bioshock 2 even fewer have played my nervous den sure. but also like it's just worth noting yep like you know that they they're both kind of triumphs of this for for a game and a DLC that are largely forgotten by by yeah. people.
0: Yeah, I wasn't actually criticizing
2: you. I, that I was I... just funny. Um, so eventually, you get to this uh, the secret secret lab uh, beneath <laughs> things, and we actually get to see what uh, what what happened to Alexander. Yeah, because uh, he ain't human. Yeah, he's he's been uh, turned into like kind of a you know boy um a big a big a big, a big boy a big a big boy like he's like a like an eel almost yeah like he has so much atom in him that he almost starts to resemble those uh Adam a slugs slug. right yeah yeah you know and and that's where he's gone that's where he's controlling this uh this robot thing and you get these audio logs of sane alexander like saying like hey you have to you know if this happens you have to kill me uh-huh um so you go out um you have to lure him out so you can actually kill him uh by getting these atom infused plants oh, i hate these things so much yeah, the like real spooky the, the, the first oh, one that's
0: growing out of the out of the panel like these meaty ass looking sunflowers. Yeah, like they're real it, nasty it's it's a looking. it's a mercy like I turned on item glowing cuz I don't like looking for shit. Um but um it's a mercy when they start glowing so you don't see the fucking texture on them.
2: Ooh. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty nasty. Yeah. You know. Um but you go do the three things. You, yeah. know, you go go collect the three things uh, in different areas as you're doing it, you do your your gathers, your harvest. Yeah. Uh here. And you eventually get to the end where you can uh kind of get, uh bring him out and he sends all of his minions after you. Yeah. What you're trying to do, you're trying to get his genetic key so you can mm-hmm. proceed
0: uh to where Eleanor is. And you know, she's no yes. longer in uh, Fontaine Futuristics, she's been taken deeper, uh, you know, into into the ocean, into uh Persephone, uh the person, yes. right. Yep. Um yeah, so uh, you know, after this big battle, like you're you're fighting a bunch of big daddies. Like at this point, I think all the, all the pieces are on the table. They're not introducing a lot of like new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. But um. After you do this, uh, you get the choice to either euthanize him. You know, follow the directions of Gil or let him live.
2: Yeah, and this is a weird thing that it does where the actual the good decision is letting him live, even what? though he's yeah. <laughs> So, so you got the second best ending, my friend. No, that, <laughs> I mean that's not true actually. I think if you saved all the little sisters, uh-huh. you only have to spare one human
1: oh, to wow. get the
2: uh, the quote unquote best. I hate referring to endings as best and worst right. based on how moral they are, but to get the uh, the quote unquote good ending, how in the world is that merciful? It shouldn't be. It feels <laughs> like it was a it was an actual error in code or something. Yeah, you know, like they just reverse two values. But yeah, that's supposed to be the uh, the mercy ending is keeping him alive. And the the way that it works is the more little sisters you kill, the more humans you have to save to right. get the uh, the good ending. Uh to not get shunted into the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. Uh essentially. So if you saved all the little sisters, you only have to spare one human. Okay. So you can you can safely uh kill this guy. What's crazy is so I never harvested a little sister. I definitely didn't
0: save them all. But I, mm. I, I, I killed him because I mean that's my <laughs> that's the right it thing. It seems to it's do. definitely
2: yeah, it seems like the uh
0: yeah, and like, ending be damned, like, this guy can't be allowed to live. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I definitely got the good ending, so. You did.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because the, uh, if you, because uh, there's multiple levels of good ending okay. to it. It's, a, you know, they do, there's actually, like, a little matrix, and it's kind of, it's it's not bullshit, but there's not a whole lot of difference between them. Right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, watching the up. YouTube of them, uh, to just kind of research up.
2: <laughs> extremely boring. Yep. Because <laughs> there's almost no difference. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I uh, at, at this point only because I knew, yeah, uh, which one was the good one, and because I was trying to be one hundred percent good, I uh, I didn't kill him. Yeah. If I was doing an RP server, I would have. Yeah, like ten times out of ten, I just couldn't remember which one was the the way to get the good good ending, and I decided to get the good good ending. Yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, so now with the genetic key, you can head to the prison. Uh, it starts in the outer section of Outer Persephone.
1: When night is creeping and I should be sleeping in bed If you were peeping, you'd find that I'm weeping instead My loving daddy left his baby again Said he'd come back, but he forgot to say when Night after night, I'm crying Daddy, won't you please come home? Daddy, won't you please come
0: home? I'm so awesome. um, So this is kind of a monument to Ryan's hypocrisy. We alluded to it earlier, but, you know, prison shouldn't really have a place
2: in this kind of society, right? You know, mm-hmm. any, anything goes. Yeah. Who's If there, if there's no government, who's making these laws that people are breaking? Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's it shouldn't really be a thing, but he has a huge prison full of tons of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, libertarianism doesn't work. Nope. The, uh... There there we we figured it out guys.
1: Uh, I I'm, I'm not um, going to debate you. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's just, yeah, we figured it out. It's bad. Um not that you know I want everyone to get uh get jammed into uh, a little girl. Nope. Or anything like that either, but yeah. yeah. It it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yep. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh so uh as we kind of head in we're seeing this processing like what happens to these prisoners. Yeah. Um and as we do so we're getting more of these uh kind of psychic Kind of like we, you know, are we're we're getting weakened. It seems like, yeah. Um, from Eleanor. Yes. Uh, we kind of find out how she brought brought you back. Like she used Adam that she had uh, in a Vita chamber to essentially recreate you. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, she had worked with Tenomom as well.
0: Like that's how she figured out that she could do this and figured out how to do it. Um, yeah. And through talking with Lamb, you know, like Lamb really, really resents you. Because even though Lamb has, you know, should, should by all rights have complete control over Eleanor. You know, she's kept her in sedation and has, and has basically been programming her in a bubble since then. The little sister programming has kind of still kept hold. She exalts your every move. She watches you from a distance, right? Yeah. Um, and part of this plan. So why Gil failed as the vessel is because he was strictly human. Right, he was, you know, just pumped with all this atom and warped beyond recognition into what we saw there. Eleanor's history as a as a little sister, you know, because she has she has the atom slug in her stomach, she can actually handle this, mm-hmm. and so she has received, you know, this knowledge and has been over this uh, over this period of time, right? But yeah. you know, she <laughs> she she remains morally vulnerable because she still, you know, exonerates me, not not exonerates, uh, adulates me, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: she 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 loves you, yeah. you know, one one way or another. Yeah. When you eventually uh come up to her, uh, Lamb is incredibly frustrated. They're sitting in behind this glass cage, um, and Lamb is just like, you know, I don't want to do this, you know, but uh, you know, you guys have this connection, like I'll essentially like I'll start over from scratch, you yeah. know, if I have to, you know, I'll risk Eleanor for this, and uh, puts a pillow over Eleanor's face, and you just kind of sit there and watch as she smothers her. And this makes you go into a a, a coma.
0: Yeah. Because Eleanor's heart stops. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is incredibly dramatic because you get to hear Delta scream. Like he has never spoken up to this point because he is physically incapable. But as he dies, you get to hear the tortured whale song as he does. Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: Yep. Uh, And they say like he will come back. He's got the Vita Chamber thing. So keep him restrained. Mm -hmm. Um, So you get restrained. And then we switch. One of the coolest sequences in this game. I love this Um, so much.
0: I like. It was very hard for me not to bother you when you were on vacation. Uh, oh yeah, As I was got, playing
2: got to this. Yeah. yeah. It's super good. Like, yeah. it, it's awesome. Um, because we uh, Eleanor beams into a little sister uh, to kind of kind of help you
1: uh-huh.
2: uh, sends a little sister with a plasmid, lets you take control of the little sister. Um, and we go into little sister mode yep. and we get to see the world through their eyes.
0: <laughs> it's so good because, you know, in reality, uh, you know, Rapture is dilapidated, dilapid- dingy, you know, covered in blood and, you know, overgrown with everything. Little Sisters, because they're programming, they see everything as, like, draped in velvet, as golden and diffuse, like everything is paradise, and you only mm-hmm. get small glimpses of the reality as, you know, things kind of, like, blip in and out.
2: It's re- it's really, uh, I love, you know, just uh, instead of blood, it's like, ro- it's flower petals. It's, it's rose petals, you know, and it, it's, it's rose petals. Every, everything has kind of a corollary uh-huh. uh, there as you kind of walk around is this, this little miniature unit and gather po- uh, pieces. So uh, Eleanor can turn to a big sister. That's the only way she's going to survive this. Right, and get out. So you had to go gather the armor. Uh, shadowing the first game, that was something you do in the first game mm-hmm. that nobody remembers because it's after the the turn and it's not very good.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Um. You know. So you're you're kind of going through, and it's just really, really good. It's uh, they'll try to go, like grab you. Some uh-huh. of the people but they look like high society types until they break, and you just see this flash of what it's really like. <laughs> um. You kind of see like exactly how insidious this was how this was done to these. These little girls. Yeah. Like the corpses,
0: you know? you know, they're like, they're still laying on the ground, but they're like, they have a chalk outline that is like angels. It's like, it's like yeah. a glowing angel silhouette around them as they go. Yeah. Um, like you see, um, you know, uh, I forget what they were replaced, but like rapture is just kind of festooned with these monuments to the deeds of the big daddies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know? They're golden gods, you know, around <laughs> because again, for the the little sisters to work, they have to kind of venerate. Yes. These critters. Yeah.
0: Um, but I love this. You go up and gather on the angels and then while you are gathering, you see this desiccated spliced to all hell corpse as you plunge the syringe in and, you know, suck out the mung or whatever. Yeah. Love it.
2: <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you kind of, uh, so you gather these pieces yeah. to bring back.
0: Yeah. There. Um, and like you're getting closer like you know Eleanor has her her aim in mind right she you know, it's, it's right here within her grasp I love this line she you know says you know, she's resolved I'm alive and sane enough to be curious about the sun we are going yep. to get out of here
2: yep oh, yeah um, so you know we learn uh, a little bit more again this is stuff we already talked about but Eleanor worked with Mom to break that uh, programming um, you as the little sister you bring the suit back to Eleanor um, so, and she rescues this little sister that you're in and then mm-hmm. comes and give, uh, kind of wakes you up, breaks you out, you know, breaks you out, um, gives you a plasmid to summon her. Um, the way this plasmid works is mechanically, um, kind of interesting. It it there's like a there were uh, hexes that did this in Dark Souls too. Mm-hmm. It you can always fire it as long as you have any uh, uh, Eve, but it takes all your Eve. Right. Eve is, a ma- is mana, uh, which we haven't mentioned, but um, it takes all of it. So you can use it if you have a sliver of Eve left, fucking summon Eleanor. <laughs> uh, and she comes in, and she's your co-op partner in wreck shop. Yeah. Like, she's invincible. She's really powerful. She it's sits around awesome. for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really, you know, at this point, um, you know, there are challenges kind of, but it's hard to lose with Eleanor. Right. Uh, with this this plasmid. And it's amazing to have a big sister and a big daddy fighting next to each other. It's super cool. Like, it yeah. feels really good, and you fight in different styles. Um, you get to see her do cool, like, plasmid things. Mm-hmm. Uh, while she's fighting it's really really satisfying yeah i am way into it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah but like the this is a very short level the rest of it is you just kind of again wrecking shop as you you know try to get to you know deepest (laughs) deepest persephone uh where sinclair has kind of uh, absconded to he's got this escape craft right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but lamb is not having any of it you know she says you have stolen my life's work and with it my only daughter Tonight, we will all be buried together side by side, and she initiates the Omega Protocol. Uh, she plans
2: to drop Persephone uh, into the trench. Yes. Yeah. So you have to go stop her. Yeah. Uh, which you need to go to inner per- Persephone, which is the part that feels most like a prison. Yes. Uh, this is the high security, like Ultramax uh, prison, but it, there are parts of it where it's turned into a facility to make these Alpha Big Daddies. Right. You talked about that's where uh, the research is done on those prisoners, which you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sinclair was involved in that. Yeah, Sinclair owned uh, this
0: place. Like this is a private, this is a private prison, um, and yeah. Sinclair basically rented you out to Fontaine, and basically whatever highest bidder there was, you know, like and this was kind of his industry was all of this research was done on people who were being held against their will.
2: Yeah, yeah. And now, out of uh, irony, uh, Sinclair was captured mm-hmm. uh, by Lamb and gets turned into an alpha big daddy. Yep, subject Omega. Yep. Uh, so you have to kind of chase him down. Yeah, and get him. It's a scripted chase. You can't actually sequence break it by you know hitting him with a hurricane trap or whatever. You have to you have to chase him down. Yeah, there
0: because he has the key to the ship. Like he's he's your way to the surface. Yeah. So then like, when you
2: get there, he like there's enough of him left. Like he begs you to kill him.
0: Oh yeah, he's working at the programming. Like and this is super yep. tragic too. Like I mean, yes Sinclair was a bad person and he was kind of mercenary throughout, but like he honestly was a concrete help to you, right? Yeah. Um, but like just to see him lose himself. And say, like, it, you know, like, I am losing the words to communicate with you Yeah. as this takes hold. Like, it is, it's a fate worse than death. I mean, we, yeah. and we've lived that. We've seen it uh, throughout all of this. It is horrifying. So, like, yes, you are killing him, but it is absolutely a mercy.
2: Yeah. And this one, there is no choice. Right. The game is unambiguous about it as well as the the kind of player. He begs you. Would be. He begs you to do it. Yeah. And again, that, that kind of subversion where he seems like he's going to be slick Rick and, and screw you over, but he's actually a straight shooter who. Yeah. You know, you end up mercy killing because he, he got used by the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a little bit of, uh, again, just kind of plot uh, hook them to this. Like, I feel like they needed to show you uh, these nurseries yeah. and stuff, which are cool sequences. But, you you know, you have to go do the three things.
0: Yeah. Um, again. The, like, the, the like this would have been cool, but, like, the fact that there is this impending crisis kind of makes
2: it feel. It undercuts the pace a little unnecessary. bit. Unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this game is probably, you know, like most games are a little bit too long. This game, as much as I dearly love it, is also a little bit too long. It's
1: like yeah, uh-huh. again,
2: like everything could be could stand to be cut by twenty percent. Yeah. yeah, it's not extreme. Like usually, I like there are games that I we that we've done for the show where I'm like, this needs to be forty percent, shorter, <laughs> even if I like them. Like I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, this would be great as a like a six hour experience and it would just be like absolutely no, you know, lean as hell. Yeah, this, you know, most of this I really like, other than taking a little bit of uh, Persephone. Yeah. Uh, And a little bit of uh, Dionysus. Dionysus. Yeah. You know, maybe 30% of both those zones. And I think I'd be, it'd be pretty close to perfect as far as pacing goes. Yeah. Yeah. Like this was a 12 hour game for me. It would have been awesome as like a nine and a half. Yeah. But not, but like would have been too short as like a a seven or six, Mm -hmm. you know, because the stuff that's there is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you so you kill him, um, and then you know you, you have to go to these pediatric wards in yes. order to find these little sisters that are going to help Eleanor help you escape.
0: Yes. So uh, Lim has sabotaged the escape craft by like blowing the ballast, so you need the little sisters to boil away all the water in the ballast so the thing will float, right? Yes. Uh, yep. So you have to go rescue them, and this is just like a protracted combat almost. You know, fortunately, there is no like kind of bespoke final boss to this, like S- Sinclair. Subject Omega ends up being the last big enemy enemy you fight, but this is mostly regular enemies, uh, kind of like hitting you hard and heavy.
2: Yes, and and it ends with the uh, after you get the, the little girls, and you get to there's little details in there. You get to see where they're being brainwashed. There's like yeah. monitors set up above cribs and shit like that, yeah, which it's, is
0: cool. it's a little bit of what we saw like in a
2: Hephaestus or whatever, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, but, yeah it, but it's still it's still need to see yes um on your way out you know the game wisely it leans into its strength where like the uh the primary mechanic of this or the primary kind of gameplay loop is this defense mission and yeah. it ends with a big one of those like you have to wait for the little girls to use their powers to boil this water and you get to set up in this really really big room uh your own kind of trap gauntlet mm-hmm. um I, what I had been hoarding supplies at this point so i had full everything and i crashed the game uh by putting too many traps Uh, i I had a full round of trap rivets turrets and uh like a full set of cyclone you know like things and a full thing of spears i had 100 percent of everything and uh, the game would crash as soon as something like hit one of the cyclones for me so i couldn't figure it out i yeah. uh i trapped the game i i, I defended yeah. myself against the ending so, so eventually win. i just had to like i was like oh you know what i probably don't need to go quite this hard on it <laughs> so i just put up a few turrets and then just fought. yeah yeah
0: yeah no this is the this is a good final encounter uh, you, you made it so your point by saying it leans in it leans into its strength as opposed to trying to do something entirely new yeah like the like the uh
2: the final boss of Bioshock one did yeah you know like this this is uh you know this is a much better way to handle this yes Uh, And, you know, again, you are also fighting alongside Eleanor.
0: Like, eventually, the little sisters boil all the stuff off, and she is helping you fight along this. And you're getting good dialogue. Like, I love this line, love is just a chemical, we make it meaningful by choice. Yeah. You know, like, and, you know, that, like, that leans into, like, as little sister and big daddy, your relationship, like, you know, you, you don't know each other from Adam, no pun intended. Um, but, like, you are doing this and you are making these choices right now, you know, to imbue that with some kind of meaning and get something out of it. Like, that is incredibly resonant. I will always be down for, like, a, you know, a filial bond in a game like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's an interesting angle for a familial bond as well. Yeah. You know, where the idea is because that the, the – the, the fact that you are chemically and genetically predisposed to love one another in this game mm-hmm. uh, is true of actual families as well. Right. Right. Like, you know, when my understanding is I've talked to a lot of people with kids, it's like, you have a kid and it's like, it's not like you get to know that kid and then grow to love it. Like, mm-hmm. You grow to love other people. Yeah. You just instantly do. It's, it's just love, a it, love at first sight. Like yeah, yeah. It's love at first sight. Like it is an instinct. You know. So this game operates in that playground. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to say it does a lot with the meta- metaphor other than just kind of express it well. Yep. Right. Like, but it, it is. It is. There's truth to this. Yes. How this works. The idea that like, you know, and, and when you do those bad endings, if you are an absolute heel, like Eleanor will still help you, uh-huh. but she will become, you know horrified about what you do and you will have a shitty ending where she becomes a monster and hates you. <laughs> right. You know, the, the same way that can happen with family. Right. You, you know, know, like you, when like... it's that choice is, is literal. Yep. It's, it's, it's how in the game, because it's a game, they, they articulate it by, you know, what gameplay things you do, like who you spare. It's very modal.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, But it can go either way. It it does function as a truth in either direction. Yes. You know, and that is that is fine.
0: Like, it doesn't have to be novel to be profound. It can be expressed. It can be expressed well, and still resonate. Mm -hmm. Like, I am. I'm. I'm very much into this. Like, I think this is this is great.
2: Yeah, it's it's a really cool cool kind of thing. And I think in a a vacuum, if there was no Bioshock Mm One, you know, that did the meta stuff, which is definitely a little bit more ambitious. Like, this would have gotten a lot of more attention. Yeah,
0: Uh, like but like Bioshock One is definitely ambitious, but also it like it hits harder because it is aimed directly at its audience yeah and to <laughs> talk to them about a thing that they love doing, as opposed to what this does, which is a little bit more diffuse, which is talk a little bit more about the idea of legacy, right
2: yeah yep talk talk to you about it, talk to them about a thing they're currently doing, right, like even if it's not something they, they can think about that they like, they right. actually have to be doing it at the time it's expressed, yep. which is very cool, like I love biotech One for that, but mm-hmm. it's not the only thing that's valuable to tell a story is that it has to be that right you know that that big, so um. You know, really, really, really cool. You eventually, uh, you make your, you get into the escape craft here. Um, You know, you had to run to the escape vessel to get there. As you do, Lamb detonates these bombs. Um, And the ship goes out, you cling to the outside of it. And Lamb is still inside of it, and it fills with water. Yes. uh, As as it's kind of surfacing. Um, And she's drowning. Right. Um, You know, and it is, uh, as she is drowning. uh, So this is something, if your Lamb, in the notes, your Lamb drowned. Yes. Uh, that is probably because you didn't spare Gil. Ah, that's kind of bullshit. I don't feel it's uh, yeah, about I that. I mean, actually, you know what? It, it's actually it's a combination. It's also because you didn't save all the little sisters. Right, right. So you got the good ending where, like, you get up to the surface, it's good. But if you show mercy to everything that can possibly be shown mercy mm-hmm. in the game's terms, like, I know that you were showing Gil mercy, like, right. according to, to the game, then uh, she'll save Del- she'll save Lamb. Right. So... You know, she, but, she, I mean, she'll it, like, kind of
0: like come up and like put a rebreather a re- on her yeah,
2: yeah. so like it, like is it bullshit like you didn't get a bad ending like no, i gotta no. like, we need as games <laughs> people i implore you people like we need a better vocabulary to talk about endings than just say like the one that has the most like warm fuzzies being the good like <laughs> right. the good quality wise ending like yeah. that has to go away because to your to your point right like uh-huh. the way you played Eleanor, this has that dishonored thing where Eleanor is watching you by example. Like you mostly showed mercy, Uh so she mostly showed mercy. But Lamb is a is a psychopath, and and, uh, put put her down. Yeah, yeah, tried tried to uh, drown you, so maybe she needs to be put down. Yeah. You know, and that's that's arguable. That doesn't mm-hmm. make it a worse ending. Like that's just a different way that you influence the character. Yeah, I just didn't get it, the golden ending in visual novel terms. Like the uh, the best ending can't just be who lives the most and who's happiest. Like <laughs> no stories that way. We right. we we hamstring video games so much by conceiving of things like that way. I,
1: that the, way.
0: The 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 best ending to Silent Hill Two is the end water ending. Like yeah, I mean just with, without without question, you know, and then that is not yep. the one where everybody lives and is happy.
2: That that yeah. I I'm, I'm am I'm I'm cranky. How do I how do I make this change be the change that I want to see in the world? How do I make other people help me make this change that I want to see in the world? Like they'll never happen because everybody it, likes getting 100% on their paper, but like these I, aren't papers, they're works of art. I think at this point we're doing as much as we can. Yeah. We're, we're trying, people. We're we're uh, selling dissent. Here, here, here's your here's your assignment: is go up to the first person on the street that you see and be like, "Hey." <laughs> don't refer to endings as good and bad when that just refers to whether they're morally good and people are happy at the end or bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, stop thinking of things like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so but anyways, so like what we're talking so she about. She saved it. my lamp. Okay, so, uh, okay. Which and but I I did that on purpose because I was like I'm going to do the total white hat ending. I don't mm-hmm. I didn't think I don't think that's the better ending as far as qualitative. Yeah.
0: Goes. What we're talking about is like this matrix of decisions that Eleanor will make uh, because yes. like, you're going to die anyway. Um, or, you know, you, your life as it is right
2: now will cease. So that's also dependent on what happens. Uh, the middle section of the neutral zone of the matrix, you get a choice. <laughs> that, 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 but, that's what I mean.
0: Like either way, you're either going to die or like resume life as a force ghost inside her head.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can either You can either go away. And it's interesting that it gives you a choice. Uh-huh. Like at the end, it literally says like sacrifice yourself or save yourself, mm-hmm. which is a cool way to conceive of your your ending in, in that form. Yeah. Uh, but essentially what the ending does, you know, you go up to the surface. Um, Eleanor can harvest your memory and you can live on in, as a force ghost uh, here. And she says, you know, you're my conscience, uh, father. I need you to guide me. And when I need you, you'll be there on my shoulder whispering, uh, which is really great. Yeah. And, uh, you know. That could be the way – she can also turn into uh, – if you get the evil ending, if you showed no mercy, <laughs> she pretty much warns the world. It's yeah. like the bad ending for Bioshock 1, which is I always thought was really interesting that never was followed up on, yeah. which is like, you know, I have all this technology that's unheard of on the surface. I'm a fucking god. Look out in <laughs> New York City. You chose to survive no matter the cost, and I will not let your instincts
0: go to waste. She takes you. There is no name for what I am, but the world is about to change, and with your help, they will never see me coming.
2: Uh, yeah. Yep. Super, super good. Yeah. and then the neutral one which is also good right like where she's just confused she doesn't come to a conclusion because maybe you didn't and that also is valid yeah um you know uh, you taught me they're right and wrong or title forces i want a mother dead but as she was uh how could she hurt me now she'll grow old and die this is if you if you rescue her right um knowing that i rejected her so it's still like kind of a punishment yes uh that you can do and you can say like no don't assimilate me I want to actually have peace or yes, I'll live on as a weird force ghost inside your blood. (laughs) Yes. Seeing out of your eyes. Right. Yes. uh, You can, you can give yourself the ending of being John Malkovich. So, yeah. Um, And that's Bioshock 2. Yeah. It's fucking
0: great. Like, play this. Like, if you have affection for Bioshock 1, which, you know, if you were playing video games at a certain time and place, you almost certainly... Um at least experience it vicariously. Like this is an amazing uh kind of I was about to say expansion to it, which probably
2: is it kind, accurate. It kind right? of is, but but it's not a DLC. Like it's an expansion in like the way like throne of ball is an expansion to Baldur's Gate 2.
1: Yeah. Like it's yeah. an
2: incredibly meaty expansion. Yeah. Uh like
0: I I I I didn't choose that word intentionally, but it is it, it is inadvertently apt. Like it is a good extension of that setting and those ideas and kind of those same Those same kind of pieces to tell a different story about, you know, that I think is more personal, you know, less ambitious, but more personal and, you know, made me feel more than the original Bioshock did. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that on top of and compounded with the just kind of, I think, just, uh, you know, absolute mechanical advantages that this has over this and mechanical refinements. Make it just much better in your hands, which matters, you know, greatly as we talk about quite a bit. Um, But the fact that it does both of those so well is remarkable. And, you know, even though I didn't play this at the time because I kind of just, like, listened to the anti-hype that was associated with it, I feel like, you know, like, I'm happy that I rectified this. I'm sorry I missed out on it because it definitely is a worthy
2: successor, right? Mm-hmm. It's also something that like, you know, it's better now with a little bit of time passing. Yeah. Because it, it's it's just been longer so maybe BioShock 1 is not as fresh to you and I can understand just like the the mindset that just wanted something totally new. You know, from that thing, but like it's I always thought it was weird that like something like, you know, BioShock didn't get lit off the hook whereas something like Call of Duty did. Yeah. You know, or something like even even the games like I liked, like even, you know, uh uh you know, other, like, like, Halo, you know, I, not Halo is not the example I wanted because i never played those, but like Halo got let off the hook. Right. You know, like there's differences between Halo 2 and 1 is my understanding, but not sea change differences.
0: Right. You know, between those two things. like It's very similar. Both of these introduced dual, dual wielding of a short, of a sort.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And you can, you can do a total sea, and those sea change differences don't always work out, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a Dragon Age 2 defender, but that doesn't mean like most people did not like that. Right. Uh, because of the, the changes it made. So like, I don't, I understand the person who doesn't want to, like we, I seek novelty. I understand the person who thinks that two games, uh, in, in a series that are this similar is, is wasted, uh, wasted opportunity. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: That's just how video games actually work though. Yeah. Like doom two is very similar to doom one. Uh, you know, dishonored two is very similar. Thief two is very similar to thief one. Like they just expand, like they make minor improvements. That's how video games work. And I've always Mm -hmm. thought it was really strange that, uh, I think just because Bioshock one was such a kind of like a incredibly important game when it came out it just cast such a long shadow that this game didn't get that excuse like it just didn't get the uh uh the grace it just that, ratcheted the, the the expectation in you know in in such a way
0: that like i'm not talking about like oh like nothing could ever live up to that or whatever just like it wasn't just a qualitative thing like it was a like it, it was a quantitative thing mm-hmm. yeah like it just uh like i don't think that it could ever that it ever could have done what people wanted it to do
2: in, in the, uh, these games are short, Yep, you know, as things like this was, you know, 12 hours to beat the first ones, like 10 or 12 hours. Like there being 24 hours total of content of classic Bioshock is not too much for the world. Right. You know, adding another like four, four or five with Minerva's Den, like for, for a game series this old, like 30 hours of game is actually pretty good. Yeah. You know, it, and just the idea that like wrinkling against that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when this is you know, significantly better. And we, we talk about feeling better in your hands too. It's worth noting. Like you, I'm not a huge shooter guy. I recognize that something like Titanfall feels better. Like it is better shooting yeah. uh, than this or doom 2016. What this does is something why this is so important and good to my mind is that it does that kind of slow considered paced, uh kind of preparation, you know, rhythm of like a a, sl- a slow inhale mm-hmm. and then like a sneeze. Yeah. Uh, you know, of kind of action that I just don't see Mm -hmm. very often. Like if there are games I'm not thinking of that do that really well, please at me, you know, let me know because I don't see it very often. It's like here, resident evil four or five and like maybe 20% of (laughs) six. And that's kind of it. Right. You know, and it's, I, I just love it so much. Like it's one of my favorite things to do in games. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love this game. I think, I think it is, uh, it is, it is really good. Yeah. One of my faves we've done for the show, at least as far as like underrated kind of classics. Like, is it in the Torment Circle of Honor? No, no. Nah. But it is. uh It is. It's. It's. I like this more holistically than I like something like Titanfall Two, yeah. which has its own values like, you know, just in comparing twelve hour shooters to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like Titanfall Two, I like that game a lot. It goes down like butter. Feels really, really good in your hands. The actual shooting, other than the movement stuff, is not anything real special. And the mech segments are kind of just like hallways you walk through shooting things. Yeah. You know, so it, it doesn't get as much out of that kind of modality of play. It doesn't get as much pace yeah. as this does. Bioshock 2 adds up to more. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, if you uh, if you have played this, if you want to write in and talk about it, um, you still have time. As yes. of appearing in this episode, uh, let us know by April 15th. Mm-hmm. And let us know if you have anything to say about Minerva's Den as right. well. Or Ultima Underworld. I keep on to say Ultima Underwear, which is also cool, but different. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're working on that, that. that That is still in the prototype <laughs> phase. Yeah. That's uh, when we do the ads for Mass Effect on D's. Yeah. And Ultima for Underwear. The
1: caddy, but when I do, I don't follow through. Cause my heart belongs to daddy. If I invite a boy some night. To dine on my fine and paddy. I just adore is asking for more. But my heart belongs to daddy. Yes, my heart belongs to daddy. So,
0: so thank you everybody for listening. Uh, so like we said, uh, we've got those games yeah, for the rest of the month. I'm excited. I haven't to played Murder, Minerva's Den. Daddy, only not a little bit of uh, daddy, Ultima Underwear. Daddy, daddy, um, daddy, so, daddy, so yes. Uh, May... If we're talking about what's coming up next, uh, we have a very busy month. Yeah. Uh, The first game we're doing, Call of War as Gunslinger. Mm -hmm. Another kind of first-person game, but uh, kind of has this awesome, the story
2: changes reality kind of motif to it. Yeah. And it's also like an arcade shooter up until that point. Like it plays pretty differently outside of the gimmick. Yeah. So um, there's, there's high scores. You get ice horse (laughs) for headshots. It's it's that kind of game, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, After that, we're doing Bayonetta. No, after that, we're doing our Reboots poll. After that, we're doing our Reboots poll. Then Hmm. Bayonetta? Then Bayonetta, yes. Okay. I'm totally losing my mind. (laughs) Uh, We're doing a Reboots poll. Uh, Reboots. Reboot. uh, Reboot. Poll where you guys, if you're a patron, which we'll talk about in a moment, you get to help us decide which of these reboot games we're going to do. And those reboot games are? Silent Hill Shattered Memories mm-hmm um doom 2016 uh wolfenstein whatever year that came out <laughs>
0: the new order the new order yeah <laughs> um, uh, Mega Man powered up
2: mm-hmm. and finally metroid zero mission yes so uh help us pick what, one of those five yeah what do you want to hear us talk about um i'd be happy to do any of those and as always if whatever one we don't do we will probably still do eventually yeah
0: um, yeah, after that, Bayonetta, and then after that, finishing out May with our arcades revisit. So that is yes. in place for a special this year. It is our special. We're going to go and, uh, pick three games a piece at our local arcades, play them through to completion and then bring
2: them into do like uh book reports. Yeah. Or as close to completion as can be, depending on the types. Like I, I want to try to do a variety of types of, of games, yep. you know, do, do the, what's the $10 worth of quarters, like really dig into this. Yeah experience um yeah so i uh, really looking forward to that if you have anything to say about those games hit us up by may 15th um, you do so at duckfeedtv slash contact mm-hmm. as mentioned um we mentioned patreon if you go to patreon.com slash duck tv you can join uh the many uh join the collective <laughs> and we will take your dna and stick it into uh into, i don't know uh jeremy guerrero i don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know who we should we should put it in. I mean, like but, so. Uh, so I mean, your your
0: usual go to for misfortune is Ben. So we're gonna put it in a Ben.
2: Yeah, stick it stick it in Merkel. <laughs> um, so we'll, we're gonna stick it in Merkel. The um, yeah, that is a place where you can give us a couple bucks a month uh-huh. and uh, get some cool uh, benefits. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we you, know, you get cool stuff from that, and it makes a huge difference for us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We um, get to dictate games. You $5 gets you to our Slack. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can uh, dictate games and theme, theme months for us mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And uh, if you give us $10 a month, uh, that includes a shout-out on air. So we want to say thank you to Tom Bramwell.
0: Yes. Uh, we also want to say thank you to Frank Bassett. Thank you, Frank.
2: Uh, thank you to Christopher Gould. Appreciate it, Chris.
0: Yeah. Thank you to Michael Sereno. Thanks, Mike.
2: And thank you to Randy Walker. Yeah, really appreciate it, guys. Bonfire Side Chat alum Randy Walker. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Randy. Yeah. Really do appreciate it. Um, we have other cool stuff kind of in the, in the pipe uh, mm-hmm. as well, and uh, just we shouldn't mention it. We're going to be at the Mil- uh, Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee on the is it fourteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth of yes. April. Yes. Uh, talking about Donkey Kong ninety four. Yeah. So come say hi, and we'll mm-hmm. have uh, details on our meetup and stuff. We're, the reason why we haven't put that stat, that information out yet is because we're coordinating with retronauts uh-huh. and we're coordinating with the venue yes so we're still trying to figure that out but definitely watch us on social yes
1: yeah so, that's
0: about it i think that's about it this has been a very long episode but it's been fun thank you gary for uh for putting this on the agenda hey. i would not have played it otherwise
2: happy to happy to spread the word
1: yeah
2: um yeah means lamb Lamb my god uh so thanks everybody and uh until next time uh watch out for incinerate watch out for agnes watch out for agnes (laughs) means lamb
0: I think we did uh watch out for incinerate when we did the first episode.
2: Probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she's a Agnes Skinner is a fiery, fiery mix.
1: <laughs>
2: Agnes day. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'm going to go make
0: Don't some make dinner because it. it's goddamn near eight o'clock.